They gon' love me for my ambition. Shout out to everyone out in the world. This is Sam from Club Ambition, the Club Ambition Podcast. Cap, welcome to episode 103. We got Marlon in the building holding it down, the co-host, executive producer per usual. You already know. What are we throwing up, Marlon? We got to be careful. <laughs> That was Yu-Gi-Oh! That was Yu-Gi-Oh! This nigga's throwing up gang signs. I got scared too. All I did was count my fingers. I got nervous. I just counted my fingers. Nah, 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 nah. You counted your fingers. Parents are watching. Bro, you counted the fingers a little too organized. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know who you. Yo, I think that was stacking. I count the shits in Roman numerals. Okay, I think he was stacking. Um, you know, and we have one of my best friends, one of our club ambition members. You know, he's done uh, so much content with us already back on the podcast. But this time on this end of the camera, Noel. Hello, everybody. I was going to say the last name, but fuck it. No, he's good. I almost said Vargas. Yeah. Listen, yeah, Vargas bro, is crazy. Stop, stop giving out our fucking <laughs> yeah, no, no, full yeah, government, Yo, for bro. real, bro. Yeah, I mean, right. I had to change my shaft. I got on the videos because of work. Bro, I pulled, like, I, pulled up, I pulled up to Yuli's, bro. She said... Now Victor giving out your full government. I said, "Damn, you watched that shit too." <laughs> oh my god! Listen, p- pardon, pardon. Maybe it's because I'm working with the city more, connecting with them more. That they're, they're trying to make me a uh, inside. They're, um, they're, no, stop, bro. Fed, I'm time, bro. allegedly calling no. yourself a Fed is crazy. No, JK, it's just live, bro. JK Rowling, this is live. This is on record. Hey yo, Envy, Angela, are we live right now? Are we live on the program? Are we live? No, I'm speaking of Envy, we'll get to that later. But um, yeah, shout out to everybody out there in the world, especially if you're from Rhode Island. We appreciate you all out there. We have a special guest, Councilman Miguel Sanchez from Providence, Rhode Island, stopped by to talk about the pilot program, a very serious situation when it comes to the actual financial backing of schools, specifically the issue with Brown in Providence, Rhode Island. Check that out if you want to fast forward ahead to that. If you came here for that, check it out. The timestamps in the description are also a part of the video if you're watching on YouTube. Um, but before that, um, let's talk about topics. We're going to talk about some Rhode Island situations that happened, and then we're going to go through pop cultural moments. And we already know the big one. It's probably already in the title when it comes to the Swifty. You know, shout out to all the Swifties watching. Hopefully, I'm on your good side because they, they got mad at me before when I made fun of her back. Uh, in the reaction when we did to her album years ago where I said she has no butt, she has a straight back. Um, it's just one long back. <laughs> I just, I just you're love crazy. The bro, but she said it herself eventually. Bro, you know what the funny thing is, bro? He's like, I hope they're still not mad at me. But he always brings that one up. Nah, yeah, they're yeah, hurt, like, bro. They're going to be hurt again, bro. bro. They always bring him up in like Swifty TikToks. They forgot TikToks. about it and you, fu- you Swifty yourself. TikTok compilations. They'll bring me up like, um, oh, this guy. He's like, we got to kill him. Like, yeah, oh bro. my God, don't kill me. Them gay white men are going to destroy you, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They'll stab and you. In the way that you don't want to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the way you don't want. For starters, um, <laughs> shout out, shout out to my dad. Happy birthday, Poppy! It's my dad's oh, birthday. It's well, the day it comes out, yeah. So a Tuesday today, the hey, day the, the episode audio? comes out. It's his birthday, so shout out to my yeah, father. Happy birthday to a real nigga, man. Yeah, yep. real talk. Let's make sure that... Um, check out his podcast for yeah, his birthday. El Poca. Check out the Spanish podcast that we drop every week. Um, please go check it out. Um, aside from that, yeah, make sure to just support him in a lot of stuff that we're doing behind the scenes. We're going to do well, a lot of Spanish love his content. TikTok. He'll be hype as fuck. Yeah, Maestro Vitico on TikTok. Um, but let's talk about actual Rhode Island news before we get into the national news. So, for starters, over the weekend... Um, some stories have broken. This is a uh, one that was crazy. A 24-year-old man in Providence has been arrested. He's sentencing about 2.5 years because he robbed five banks in five weeks. Wait, what? Only two and a half years. Only two and a half years. He robbed five banks in five weeks. What Wait, the, what did he? Okay, okay, okay. 
What did he rob? Their pens? Why is it only two and a half years? Nah, yeah, bro. This don't make sense. Because here's the thing. Like, what the fuck did he... The, the, the little envelopes that they leave in the fucking front for you to take for free? What that, the fuck did he rob? Nah, but how did he rob them? Like, you do like Spongebob where he don't got a gun. He's just like... Right. His he's just like, shirt. He's just like, what up? Give me all you got, bro. Like, yo, like, robbing someone with a deadly weapon is like a 10-year charge. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, bro. what do we... He did that five two times. And a half years, got, Who's this nigga's lawyer? <laughs> <laughs> His name's Deshaun Diaz. He's 24-year-old. Uh, 24-year-old Deshaun Diaz from uh, Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, he pleaded guilty to one count of first-degree robbery and four counts of second-degree robbery earlier this year. He admitted in court to robbing three banks in Providence, one in East Providence, one in Pawtucket between January 12th and February 8th. According to uh, the U.S. attorney, it is believed that Diaz stole a total of $15,807. Each time... Uh, Kuna said um, Diaz would pass a note to the bank teller announcing that he was robbing the <laughs> bank. Uh, one time the note said, hurry, big bills only, as he passed the note and it read, arm robbery. So he was very straightforward about his situation. He wasn't trying to hide it when he was there. <laughs> so I'll be real with you. All right, this makes sense now because I worked as a banker um, for Santander and the tellers don't have that much in the register. So he's not get. He probably was robbing them when they had like three, four thousand. I think max you can have in most banks is twelve k. My thing is, yeah, is that and like bank policy is you got to just give them the bread if, 100%. They're, if they're robbing you. But five <laughs> banks, like, and you only got fifteen he grand. Got, he got three racks off of each bank, bro. Nigga, this is the worst thief of all time. <laughs> this nigga. That's insane. That's crazy. That's Lucky as you want to say. Two and a half years. The nigga who, who pulled up on a bike and robbed the Citizens Bank got more money than that. What are we talking right. about here, bro? Yeah, this guy, he must have been like just doing it almost damn near for fun. Like 15000 That's crazy. I thought if you're doing five banks, I would at least would want to get like $100,000. i am about to bank if I'm just going to jail for two, for two years. Come up with nice 15. Have me a good night. Yeah. And did they take that money? Does he have that money hidden away after the two year point five years? Does he have that money stowed away somewhere? No, no way they give him 2.5 years without having the money in No, possession. they have the money 100%. Yeah. He, I just he, wonder if he, he snitched. He's just, he just probably cooperated the fully. You know what I'm saying? He has to have snitched. Bro, if, I, if I'm <laughs> robbing a fucking bank, best believe that shit's getting distributed. That shit's not being found. By the time I get out, I'm getting that money. My you nigga. Know what I'm so, allegedly. Those ATMs in those banks be having like 100K sometimes. What the fuck is this nigga doing? Don't say that. We might have to go to one after this. Mar- no, <laughs> Yo, I swear to God. When you get it at the right moment when the, the guys have to come and change the money out, it's, at, it's a good 100K in there, bro. That makes sense. So the fuck you doing coming up 15K and risking your future? Nigga, I'm going for the lottery, bro. I'm hitting 100K. A couple ATMs on the street. We might have to see what's happening after this. Um, also, this is crazy. Over the weekend... Listen up, in case you didn't know, 85% of Americans have actually gambled at least one time in their entire lives, but only 1% of Americans are actually addicted to gambling. Now, even though 1% might sound like a small number, 1% of addiction is too much addiction. So I've teamed up with the Rhode Island Lottery to remind you to gamble responsibly and play responsibly. My generation right now loves betting on sports, parlays, money line. There's actually five ways on the Rhode Island Sportsbook app that you can actually play more responsibly. You can set limits to the amount of money that you deposit before you start playing, whether it's monthly, daily, or even weekly. Same goes for wagers. You can set a wager limit for the amount of money that you actually bet. And also, you can set a time limit for the amount of time that you're going to be betting on the actual app. Or if you want to take it even more serious, you can even self-exclude yourself 
sign up for a voluntary program, and be prevented from using the app for a year or even five years. Or you can press the timeout option to put yourself in timeout for a month, a day, or even a year. Similar to self-exclusion of a short time span. And don't feel embarrassed if you actually feel like you've been playing the game a bit too much, gambling too much. You can actually get some help. And if you happen to be in Rhode Island, reach out to the Problem Gambling Services provided by the Rhode Island Lottery. Three people dead after two stabbings and a shooting took place in Rhode Island on Saturday, all within the same day. In Cumberland, there was a... Not hold Cumberland on, Farms. Yeah. What? Where? <laughs> Cumberland. I remember mispronouncing it again. I was going to let him have it. <laughs> it's Cumberland. Bro. Cumberland. Oh, Cumberland. Oh, so I got to say the nasty yeah, word yeah, first. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cum, okay. Yeah, yeah, Make Cumberland. sure you put emphasis he tried, he tried, on it. He tried to do pause without saying pause. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And Cumberland, an altercation... Uh, occurred on Front Street around 3 p.m., which ended in 40-year-old Otis Diggs being stabbed. He was later taken to the hospital, where he was pronounced dead. Damn. No arrests have been made, but it's believed that it wasn't a random act. Later that same night in Central Falls, police responded to a, sh- a reported shooting around 9 p.m. at the intersection of Dexter Street and Sumner Avenue. The victim, who is identified as a Hispanic in his 20s, left work and was walking to his car when he was shot multiple times. He was pronounced dead that. on the scene. Detectives believe that Victim worked at a nearby barbershop and was suspect, and the suspect was waiting for him outside of the barbershop when his shift ended. No arrests have been made so far. That's crazy. Uh, <clears throat> that's crazy. But then about an hour later in Pawtucket, police received a call at 10.15 p.m. about a stabbing at 245 Manton Street, Lot 216. The caller was a 28-year-old Sharita Watkins, and she was, uh, oh, she said that she stabbed her own mother. 53-year-old Mary Melendez and was taken to the hospital where she was pronounced dead. Watkins gave a full confession at the scene and was arranged on Monday, oh my God, on a charge of domestic violence murder. She was ordered uh, to be held without bail. This is the state's 22nd, 23rd, and 24th homicide of the year. There were 18 homicides in 2018 and 37 in 2021 in Rhode Island. At least 15 homicides in 2023 have involved firearms. That was crazy. Wow. So that, bro, especially that last one where she killed her own mom, mother. Bro. Killing your own mother. Stabbing your own mother and then admitting to it. Full confession is like some insanity. To what extent? What did your mother do to you? I was just about to say that. Because you ever seen that Moondocks episode? It's like, damn. What do you do to make them niggas that mad? <laughs> <laughs> like, yo. Fuck you. What's she doing to you, bro? Like, damn. Yo, like. She was cool with not only killing her, she was also cool with going to jail. And stabbing someone is like, it takes so much like vitriol. Oh, yeah. Like you have to like do the action and do it constantly oh. and make sure that they die. Because you can stab someone one time and it may be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. But to stab them repeatedly to make them die is crazy. Naya, you wanted them to die. Was it repeatedly? Well, she, well, let me see. So she said she stabbed her. Did they have an amount of, let's, if let's someone, look at the if someone willingly, repeatedly stabs someone, they're a psychopath. 100%. No, yeah. Detectives on the scene. Domestic stabbing. Yeah, they don't have the numbers of stabs. She admitted that she stabbed her mother. That's wild, bro. That's all it says right here. That's wild, bro. Domestic violence occurred. Yeah, because I feel like if it was like damn near an accident, they would have said it in the confession. She would have been like, "Oh, like I didn't mean to." But it doesn't. It doesn't say it here. Who knows? But maybe there were real more news about this. But that was um. That was pretty crazy, man. Be safe out there. Also. The famous Guy Fieri, Guy Fieri, you know, the famous um, from the travel, not the travel, from the Food Network. Yeah, He's yeah. known for his traveling shows, yeah, though, like the Diner di- uh, Drivers and Dashes, right? Mm-hmm. So, 
he was in town. He visited Narragansett, Rhode Island earlier this week. Oh, he wow. stopped by Crazy Burger Cafe and Juice and Bar to film a segment for his new TV show, Triple D Nation. It's a spinoff of, of his other shows. <laughs> and um, the same uh, burger spot, I guess, made an appearance on diners, drive-ins, and dives. And this was ranked the 13th best burger joint what? in the country. Nigga, we have oh, to wow. go. On Yelp. Why no. haven't I been there yet? Nigga, we have to go. You said, and it's in Rhode Island. Now, nah, if you go and you don't bring me, I'm beating your ass. Bro. <laughs> yeah. did you say, didn't you say Connecticut? No, no, Narragansett. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And Narragansett. Rhode Island. Was it called again? It? It's called, it's a long name, Crazy Burger Cafe and Juice Bar. We have to go. Let's go. We have to go. We got to go. Let's we got to get a burger. We might get a burger tomorrow. Um, But listen, there might be a long ass line now, especially after this video. But Sorry. they're going to have to give us a discount. It's free promo for Crazy Burger Cafe and Juice Bar. But they probably have enough promo with um, Guy oh, Fieri. So especially if he's going back yeah, again. Yeah, bro. What the? He's yeah, going back again? Uh, he hasn't yeah, because he was there on Diner Drivers and Dashes years ago. That was But then D. this week, he was on the new show with them again. Oh, my God. So uh, has, like, that, I don't, has that episode dropped, though? I don't think so. The new episode? Yeah. No, no, no. It, they just filmed it last week, exactly. Wednesday. So, so we there first. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, but they were closed. They made a post like, oh, we're closed for the day because Guy Fieri's filming. And people were like, oh, my God, congratulations. So they, they was posting it on their Facebook. So Yeah, so we got to put through Hell yeah. put that video out first. That's a and W. And we're going to be like, oh, Guy Fieri saw our video. And that's why he pulled through. That's exactly. a W. That's a W. Um, okay. Also, speaking of Rhode Island, uh, this is a st important stat. So Rhode Island suicide, the crisis calls have increased by 50%. Dang. For the Rhode Island suicide uh, hotline number, there's a new... Hotline number that launched July 2020, uh, in, in July of 2022, July last year. Um, and the number of suicide crisis lifeline num uh, phone calls that have been answered in Rhode Island have been now 6,285 um, calls. And that's more than double when they had the original 10-digit phone number <laughs> Prior to 2022. So the new number is 6. No, no, my bad. The new number is 988. So if you call 988, they'll be able to help you and facilitate you towards anything that you need. Whether you need actual conversations on the phone. If you need actual appointments, maybe to book with someone that you want to check out and speak to in person. They'll be able to help you. And yeah, so this was created uh, in line with Senator Jack Reed. He helped. Um, he's one of the main advocates for this in Congress to create this nine-digit phone number, which makes sense because 988 is like an easier number to call than a 10-digit fucking phone number, right? Uh, and real, before you go, no, so it said also um, nearly 5 million uh, nationwide, the phone number in total, 988 has been dialed or text about 5 million times in the past year for different crisis-related issues. 42 of these phone calls have resulted in mental health resources being provided and less than two required dispatching first order responders. That's that's dope. Okay. Wow. That's crazy. I thought that number would be higher. And I'll be real with you. I remember when they dropped that number, the new one, I was so glad because the previous suicide hotline number is the worst thing in human history. Like, it's so bad. There was a TikTok trend about it. Was it a Logic song? Yeah, the one from the Logic song, yep. Cause it I was a Logic song number. Mm -hmm. so the it was lo a Logic song number? Yeah, the Logic song, that number used to be the main national line. And I remember I called it. I started arguing with the person on the line. Because I'm trying to explain to them, like, damn, I won't be here no more. I want to die. And they're like, they're like, you can't talk like that. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, like, we just start going back and forth because she's yelling at me. And I'm thinking maybe it was me. 
Then after everything happened in 2021, at the end of 2021, my boy, he starts sending me different videos. Bro, it was a whole trend on Twitter. Mm. And on, I mean, on TikTok and shit, like niggas is like making jokes about the different things that people on the line have said to them. Cause they suck it, so bad. The nigga, they would just disrespect people on the phone. That's crazy. Like people would be like, "Oh my god, I want to kill myself." One lady was so fed up with her, like her job that day. She said, "Then go do it," and hung up on her. Oh my what god. the fuck! And it's like it's real, bro. Like this is a real thing. I and, believe it. And I get it because those aren't the before. I don't know about now. Before the people who were picking up the phone were not registered therapists. Mm-hmm. They were like call center people making sixteen bucks an hour. So like. Fuck these niggas. <laughs> I, I get it. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yo, like, that shit gets stressful so talk, hearing niggas' talk problems. Talk about a way to kill people without getting your hands dirty. Bro. Exactly. So there we have it. If you guys didn't even know that, you know, because I feel like I didn't even know that the number was existing. So call it if you need any help with, you know, suicidal thoughts, crisis hotline, 988. A simple number. 988-911. You know, it's pretty, it's pretty close to that. So I like that. Moving on, though. Um. Let's talk about some wild shit that happened over the weekend. And do not kill me, Barbs. This is going to be straightforward. But we got to talk about this. So Nicki Minaj's husband has been ordered to house arrest. In a court documents filed Wednesday, <laughs> Kenneth, <laughs> <laughs> Kenneth Petty, Nicki Minaj's husband, was sentenced to 120 days of house arrest by a federal judge in Los Angeles after he was recorded in a video making threatening remarks towards a specific individual while in the company of someone with a criminal record. AKA, he was the in the street right? with his friend, and his friend had a record. Is like the instigator, bro. Awesome instigator. Instigator. You know it was the instigator, bro. Prof- you know it was instigator. professional instigator, bro. Instigating. So, you ever seen the Mark Phillips meme where he's like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the Olympic, the, yeah. that's that nigga, bro. He yeah. is the instigator. Bro, that shit, that shit's crazy to me because you gonna tell me he wasn't expecting no repercussions, bro. We called it. Right? We were like, yo, like this is like, how does this make sense, right? Like, why are you? Why would you want to do this? And it's like. Nicki Minaj is in a situation where she has a husband who is extremely controversial with his past already. And then now he is trying to overly defend her and threatening the husband of her counterpart, the other artist, the opposing side. Like she has this ongoing, you know, subliminal, sometimes literal beef with Cardi B. So her husband's trying to defend her through going at. Cardi B's man because obviously he's like oh I can't hit you you know it's like oh I'm my man might be able to catch a case for me but why would you why would it go to that extremity you know especially in the limelight from what we know is there some other shit happening behind the scenes like we saw the DMs between uh, uh Petty's people and Offset those seem pretty bullshit it didn't seem that serious you know yeah. if it's just based off of those DMs <laughs> yeah like nothing actual serious behind the scenes happening like. Bro, this is crazy. Now you can't leave the house for 120 days. You can't leave the house for four months because of what you did online. Because you're a dweeb. And what are you going to keep going? Is going to keep on going now? Is she going to push her album back? Like, what is, what's the plans with this? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, does she, is she, does she have his to stay boy, at home? His boy's probably next to him and be like, listen, man. If I would have gone them fucking 120 days, I would have done something about it. And it would have it would have been worth it. Yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? My it's issue. It's like the little devil in his fucking ear. Yeah, corny ass nigga just talking in his ear. My issue is, I don't know if this was in Atlanta or not. I think it was in New York. But if it was in Atlanta. It was in New York. It was in New York. Yeah. If this had happened in Atlanta, I need you guys to understand. Atlanta is in Atlanta's in Georgia. Georgia has a, has a stand your ground law. Mm-hmm. He could have blasted this nigga. 
All four, all three, four of these corny ass niggas could have get put in the dirt, and they're yo yo. Offset's not going to jail. He's going home, bro, <laughs> because you're outside my house threatening me, and I, I'm sitting there and I'm like, why would you put yourself in this situation mm-hmm. where someone can use force to retaliate your behavior because you're giving them the justification to do so? Mm-hmm. You're a fucking father, bro. And what bothered me the most is that the barbs weren't even concerned about that. They they were like, who snitched? Are you kidding me? Yeah, I saw that. Like, that's what you're beefing about on Twitter versus someone's safety in the future of a child's father? Like, what are we talking about here, bro? Yeah, it's, 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 uh, and, and this happened after, right after all this, we had Nikki go on Queen Radio. She has a Queen Radio show on AMP, the app owned by Amazon, where she has a reported deal, I think worth up to $7 million, where she goes on there. She does the similar show how she used to do on Apple Music, um, but now on AMP. So there's no visual, but she makes the visual sometimes herself where she goes on Instagram live. She posts on Instagram in general. And this is one of the posts that went viral where she was dancing and people were alleging that she might be off of a perk or pills. <laughs> she, she, she does look like she's on drugs. Because, uh, because of the way she's acting. I don't think so. I personally don't think so. I know that she's talked about in the past, though, where she has had pill issues. This yeah. has been like an open thing. And also, Mick Mill talked about his pill issues. And with it was, her. And it was with her at yeah. the time when they were together. So she could maybe go and be going back to that. Hopefully not, because I don't like seeing my legends like this, bro. She's a legend. Like, how are you going out so sad? Like, you're such a legend. You know, I love all the music, especially the new song that came out. I'm excited for this new album. Mm-hmm. But then moments like this happen where people are like criticizing you and it's just based off the shit the actions that you put out and your husband puts out but this one i think it was her just turned up having fun on some like extra extra diva shit like on some like feeling herself shit but i don't know marlon you have you have if you haven't seen it yet you'll be the the judge looking at this i'm not gonna play the audio because beanie man is playing so i don't want to get copyrighted but for those who are listening you can watch on youtube but she's on the white couch you know (laughs) (laughs) Yo, she looks like she's on mad coke. <laughs> she's on the cr- bro. She looks like she's on the craziest coke run right now, bro. Bro, like she's like, 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 like she's like she's just losing it. It's not a perk because she would have been like cooked. Yeah, nah, I think it's just some normal shit. Because look at the same shit. The YSL guy. Remember, he was acting all fucking crazy at the. At the at the hearing, and then he then the, he gets bodied for murdering. The main thing that made me think that it wasn't also drugs was because right after this there was another clip where she was with her son dancing just like this same outfit like on a chair nearby. So I was like, okay, she definitely can't be on drugs with her child around. I hope not. I hope not. Right? Like it's not that made me think like definitely okay. So it's not her. It was just her turned up. She was mad probably because of the situation with her husband, but she doesn't want to talk about it directly. She mm-hmm. didn't talk about it directly on the podcast on the show at all. And she didn't talk about Cardi B directly. So it's like all subliminal, like, energy. So it may be her frustrated, gassed up, talking that shit. Nah, she didn't give you that vibe. She, the, the, she's the, a goat. The, the so she can, she can fucking be confident. You know, she's yeah. one of the goals. She, she is the, I think she's the greatest the, the, the female moves, rapper of all time. The, the moves, moves give me cracked out alt vibes. The moves are, 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 yeah, you know, questionable, but I don't think so. And then we have another video uh, that I did want to play where Sorry. academics were saying that it was goons, but it wasn't goons. It was just rappers um, in the studio as well in the background. There might be some goons, you know, with them, but it, I don't think the purpose was just of it being goons. In Nikki's um, studio? Yeah, yeah, in the, during the uh, actual radio show. So, like, probably right before or after this. Bro, this is crazy to me. Like, isn't she, like, 40? 
Like at some point we gotta give it up. <laughs> Yo, look right here. I don't think these are goons. Wait, who's who is she interviewing though? I think that the Bluetooth. Can you put the audio up on the Bluetooth? I think it's connected. Oh. Heavy. Was she on the radio with someone specific? She's on the radio, in general. But I think Busy oh, Banks, Jazz Cartier, some young, some young in Brooklyn. Yeah. If those are the New York rappers, yeah. If those are the drill niggas, then that's definitely. Bro, he he got, he got the whole fucking pueblo with him. Yeah, bro, that's how they roll, bro. But I know Busy does. I'm not entirely sure the other guy. I will give her credit. That's dope. Having Busy on the show because Busy is a big New York drill artist, and like, I like that her and Cardi are making an effort to reach out to that the younger artist. Yeah, because yeah. I think she signed two of them, Nicki Minaj, because she has a new label, so she signed an artist. Um, she did like that one song deal with Ice Spice. I'm not sure if they're gonna do more music under her the same label, but I think she should sign to Ice uh, to Nicki if Ice Spice. That should it would make sense, but we'll see what happens with that. But yeah. This has gone viral. People are claiming that the legend, the GOAT, Nicki Minaj, is facing demise. This is like the worst she's ever looked in a public eye. And you could definitely argue that. I think it's becoming like her image is looking like as if she's not a GOAT that she is. But I think if I'm her, if you're not going to dress Cardi B, your husband, all this stuff because you can't legally, etc., then ignore it fully. Because when you do, like, you feed into the energy, like, doing that, talking like that on your radio show, having people around you, like, giving kind of that energy, like, on some, like, uh, then you're going to keep adding to the narrative. And, and focus what's the narrative? on your music. What's the narrative? Focus on the music. Like, shouldn't you just focus on the music? And I think she has a good album. I'm pretty sure her next album has to be good because with all the stuff that's happening, she has to put out a good body of work. And you can't call it Pink Friday 2 and that should be ass. So I think it's going to be amazing. But... I think there's a lack of transparency and there's a lack of like confusion. And yeah, like I would love to like imagine if Nikki hits me up. I was doing an interview. I would love to give you an interview. Like I feel like she needs to do that type of stuff, like an interview, sit down. But is she going to? I doubt it. My I doubt she's going to do like an interview. Like she needs something like that to like clear shit up and for people to like, you know, like, oh, like, are you going to, can you talk about like, yo, your husband, you look up his name online right away. You were, he was a sex, uh, sexual offender, like, you know, years ago, whenever, I think it was in the 90s, but he still was convicted, you know? So it was like, and her, the alleged stuff with her brother, you know, that yeah. people can't even talk about. And I get that where, in a sense, where it's like, that's her brother, you know, God bless. You Obviously, she's not gonna, doesn't mean that she's supporting him fully, but if her f brother's in jail for anything, if she wants to, you know, financially back him, she's a millionaire. I, it makes sense to me. Like, oh, that's your, that's your brother, you know. And also maybe, who knows, maybe she, they know more than us. I don't fucking know. That's between them. But overall, the perception looks crazy. Like, there's too many, like, negative, like, bullshit things around you where if it's not barbs, the audience is not playing in your favor. Like, you're a legend looking very unlegendary. Like, look at, look at Jay-Z moving so graceful. Like, that's where she should be moving at. Rihanna. Rihanna. Like, all these legends move gracefully. But you have Nicki in the limelight because of bullshit. Mm -hmm. That is, like, come on, your, your husband's in, in house arrest? Like, come on. Yeah, whatever happens around her, they, the, the, the first person that they look at is her. I, I also feel like when it comes to Nicki, I look at her like I do Kanye. I think you're 
the reasoning why you're behaving the way you do is not sufficient and it's making you look insane. It's making you look worse. And you don't even need to do this. You are such a staple in music. You have a great radio uh, show that people support that has a very large audience that you can use to be, you know, a staple in the rap community. And like, you're, you have been considered such a fly bitch your whole life. Mm-hmm. Like, your whole career, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, niggas looked up to you. You were the blueprint. That's why she calls herself that. She is the blueprint. So why are you moving like this? Like, this is just... I just can't understand why you're allowing a woman who has not dropped an album. She's not dropped another album since, what, 2019? Affect you this bad. Yeah. This is crazy. Yeah. And I think, like, when it comes to com- competition, Nicki shouldn't really worry about Cardi B because Cardi B can rap when she wants. Exactly. But Cardi B is not out rapping Nicki Minaj. Never. Impossible. It is never happening. So Nicki needs to, like, if I'm her, put it in the music. Keep it with the bars. Like, be more, even more, like, not, like, a not, don't name her if you don't want to name her. But, like, be more like, oh, like, this is a this, like, more blatant this. Or name her. Be straight up with it. Start the rap beef. Because if you actually start an actual rap beef, like, diss tracks, Cardi B is not releasing a diss track better than Nicki Minaj. No. Unless she does a hit record on some random shit. But I I, I don't think that's never, that was not going to happen. It'd have to be like how Drake did Meek. Where, personally, Back to Back was not better bars than what Meek had. Meek had way more dirt on on Drake. It's that it was wavier. Mm. So that's all Cardi could do is make a wavier diss track. I don't even think she can do that. So, bro, it's like everyone says, either you pull the trigger or you shut the hell up. (laughs) Why do y'all keep like going back and forth with these subliminals? Like it's not... It's yeah, not getting man, away. We, we need rap beef, bro. Honestly. <laughs> Let's get the rap beef going. We need Let's rap do beef. it. We need rap Listen, beef. Listen, man. Moving on, though. DJ Envious. Oh, Rick Ross says Envious. Next week, I'm going to try to draft up a proper timeline of the events that have occurred throughout this entire year with DJ Envy because there's been a lot of stuff that's happened. That's invested. I, Yo, so invested. I, I'm, I'm so invested. This is like criminal minds, bro. It's crazy, man. Listen, I grew up, obviously, you know, watching The Breakfast Club, you know, DJ Envy was like a household name for for me. Like a DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne, like listening to them every day. To this day, I'll still watch their clips on YouTube. You know, I don't listen to them on the radio, but I'll listen to them on the on YouTube and everything. Right, so DJ Envy, right, always like, oh, he's a he's popular for that. But then, for those who didn't know, DJ Envy has been known for being a very successful financial advisor in general on. Breakfast Club, everywhere he did interviews because of the, the success he's had entrepreneurially aside from the radio, specifically with real estate. He's an incredible real estate guru. It's been known like celebrities always reach out to him for advice. There's there's a plethora of them that have evidence of it. But a person that he spotlighted and highlighted was his newer found friend and business partner, Cesar Pena or Pena. How do you pronounce that? Is it Pena? It's Pena, yeah. It's Pena with an I though? No, it's, it's with an E. Pena. Yeah. It's Peña in English because it's P-E in Negra, A. Yeah, but he's also known as NJ Flippin, Flippin NJ, because he owned, literally was it hundreds of um, units in in New Jersey, all all, all over the world in general? Allegedly to him, he says he owns- Allegedly, allegedly. uh, Allegedly. He owns 
uh, 500 units that total up to $50 million worth of real estate. So this was a man that was in jail, incarcerated, right? An incarcerated criminal, alleged, allegedly a con man from the, pa- the past, right? And DJ Envy was warned, supposedly, to not work with him. But Envy went on the radio show and in the past five years has uh, or four years has had Caesar on his Breakfast Club show co-signing him, I think, about five interviews he's given him and on top of that he's done seminars with him free seminars to, for people to get advice and there's a new documentary on youtube created by this youtuber pretty cool spencer cornelia and spencer has created a deep dive into the specific situation with caesar and dj envy and to summarize we're going to play a brief clip of it a moment of it but to summarize it you get the gist of allegedly the situation with caesar Right now, where people are suing him, multiple clients, because of the fact that they were familiar with Caesar through meeting him through the DJ Envy Breakfast Club interview or shout out, right? The cosign, the post. Every time DJ Envy did a financial event, advice for real estate, it was with him. Flipping NJ, Caesar, you know, the fat guy. There was always, like, a thing. Like, he's very, like, he's, like, obese. Like, so people would know him as that. Like, it was, like, an ongoing joke. Like, whether it was on the Joe Budden podcast, throughout culture, people always knew, like, oh, DJ Envy with that fat-ass guy. Like, yeah. it was always, like, they always said that, right? They call him Pizza Pizza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they call him Pizza Pizza now. The, the JBP, the Joe Budden uh, podcast, now they call him Pizza Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> like, Caesar, like, Little Caesar's Pizza. But then Pizza Pizza, he's, like, big-ass. He's know, a big-ass, bro. He's, he's big as fuck, fuck bro. bro. He's big as fuck. He's one of the big niggas with a shirt be, like, the fat hangs out the shirt. Yeah, bro. He's very big, bro. Very, very he's fucking big. big nigga. So, that's what he was known for, right? You can't trust motherfuckers like that, Now, nah, you yo, a nigga that lets his fat hang out his shirt bro, is an untrustworthy-ass nigga, bro. bro. That nigga go rob you, bro. 100%, You don't even care that his fat hang like bro, that. you don't know what he got under that fat. <laughs> yo. No bullshit. That's but, crazy. But this um YouTuber, Spencer, did an incredible um deep dive. Uh, Noel watched it as well. It was a 30-minute uh, documentary I recommend people to watch where he talks about everything that happened. And it basically summarizes to the point of Caesar allegedly was getting people invested into him. And instead of you, oh, I'm going to give you money. I want to buy this house straight up and just give me the profit from the house. What he would do was, allegedly, he'll get money from these people as investors and he'll guarantee them at times, oh, in five months, you'll get 30% profit. Without even selling the house. Without even selling the house. Or have it appraised or fixed up. Yeah, without like without like without any actual like oh how, how are you gonna do this? That doesn't even sound reasonable. What realistic? What these people are fucking that, stupid. stupid. So it's a double edged sword. So they both are wrong, right? He's wrong for allegedly doing this type of you know pon- not, Ponzi not pon- yeah Ponzi, Ponzi scheme, scheme allegedly. Yeah. But then the people also are dumb for believing in him, but. <laughs> So their perspective when it comes to like a DJ Envy cosign, et cetera, it looks all great on paper. You're promising me such a crazy like, oh, my God, this is going to be good, a good return. No. And what he would do allegedly at times was pay them some money. So it's like, bro, you owe me $250,000. Oh, my. And they're like pressing him like, what happened? He's like, oh, I got you. I'm going to send you a wire. Here's 30000 So he'll pay them momentarily. But what he would do is at times 
the time when he would pay some people, it was someone else's money. money it would yep. be at times where he would get investments from other people. So it'll rack up. He'll get an investment and then pay other people that already invested mm-hmm. with the money that he got from the new investors, right? Yeah. So it was basically hard money lending. Yeah. But it it was it wasn't his own money. It was other people's money. Which DJ Envy at one point, which I want to get the clip of, he said it in an interview where people were like, um, that was with to- that was like a a thing that he saw was like a good idea like oh using other people's money right and he might have been saying that from the perspective of like you know america runs on credit uh, uh, using yeah, credit using loans right a lot of, a lot of right? rich people that's, a lot what, of they rich people, that's what they do use other people's use money. other people's money but not this way no. allegedly this no, would be a horrible way what no. are you gonna say I, I was gonna say that um this was the worst part of it all is when he, yo marloon he, he he's literally not paying people back mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they would approach him and be like hey where's my money and he'd be like, hey, hop on this other opportunity I have. And they would give him more money. What the fuck, bro? There were people that were like four properties in. And some of those properties, he tried to have, he he told other people, hey, let's buy this property together and took their money for it too. People are so fucking dumb, bro. I, I, bro. I, I, you have to take accountability bro, for the ignorance. you know how close to me you have to be for me to let you borrow money? You have to be extremely fucking close to me for me to do that shit. Even bro. beyond that, I, don't I have to fuck. know you could pay me back because I have people that, out close exactly. to that I don't trust that with too. money. That mm. too, bro. You going to bro? Bad Bunny could come up to me and be like, "Predamen, billete, yo, I got you back, bro, motherfucker." I don't know you. Here's a quick clip. Is a Bluetooth up? I'm gonna play a quick clip from the video of Bluetooth is up. Right here. Went to partner on the deal. So the first thing I, I realized and what I used to do was I used to use my own money. When I met Caesar, I realized Caesar will not use his own money. He's probably one of the cheapest people <laughs> I know. I think what Envy actually means is Caesar uses other people's money for purchases. Yo, what is what is Edwin doing? He sound like a like a what Edwin, what the fuck are you I doing? Heard something. What the fuck was that? But he sound like he's like coming. What are you doing? <laughs> We're recording. What are you what are you what was that what noise? The fuck are you <laughs> Why are your pants wet? <laughs> oh my god. You gotta you gotta do you gotta do the table This motherfucker nah, This motherfucker nah, is crazy. This guys. motherfucker pre cummed. He got bro, so excited he pre cummed. I need y'all to understand. I just said a mess with being mad straightforward Is that why you're screaming? Oh I thought you were like no, no, I thought you were hearing a DJ Envy situation and he was like making like ad libs for the DJ Envy situation. Wait, are you recording? Yeah, we're recording, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you said she shut you down? And there was another clip I wanted to play. Because this man, Spencer, shout out to Spencer for this deep dive. Because he had po- moments where he was literally um showing like old Breakfast Club moments. Like interviews and stuff that happened. That shit was great, bro. Here's like a moment where you would see Avenue and people literally in the offices and Envy would be there. Franklin Avenue Properties. March 2023, Caesar had been dodging Trevor Roman's calls and requests for updates, so he decided to show up to Caesar's office again. Caesar promised that the property was nearly done, it just needed another month to close, and Trevor could expect the $280,000 that was owed on that date. Amy Flips also decided to show up to Caesar's office demanding an update and threatening legal action after Caesar had cut communication. Caesar lied again, saying that the construction at the properties was nearly complete and her money would be on the way next month. Caesar also met with on-site properties LLC after six months of refusing communication. Caesar advised this victim that he should roll his investment into another property, which he did not take kindly. 
Also in March, Caesar met up with Hector Santana to advise him on rolling his $350,000 initial investment into the Park Avenue property other investors had already invested in. Caesar gives Hector two post-dated checks, one for $70,000 and another for $100,000. The first one cleared, but the second check bounced. April 2023, Caesar sends Ransom Endeavors Inc. a check for $30,000 representing 50% of the interest owed from the projects. After six months of avoiding contact, Caesar reaches out to Stanley Acosta asking for bank account information so he could send the proceeds of a property sale. The money never arrived. Caesar finally answers Derek D'Angelo's communication and asks him to drive multiple hours to his office. Derek picked up checks totaling $130,000. They both bounced. Derek threatened to report Pino, which influenced Caesar to send a wire of $30,000, leaving the initial $100,000 still missing. If you're wondering where the money came from, the final victim, Chamberlain Group Real Estate Ventures LLC, invested $835,000 with Caesar for the Manchester Ave and Boyden Parkway properties. They were promised a significant return within six months. May 2023, Caesar sends two checks to Onsite Properties LLC, one for $100,000 and another for $37,000 and he was told not to deposit them just yet. Those checks have still not cleared to this day. June 2023, Barone and Bro, Martini are getting anxious that their insane. property doesn't seem to be And then close you see, um, what well, he's posting here, for visually you see like the landlord instead of trap lord, like chain pendants. I believe this was like Caesar, stuff that he would buy, jewelry. So I guess the documentary guy, you know, Spencer's posting this to show like the hypocrisy was like, you owe these people money, but you're spending money on, on jewelry. You know, and that looks crazy, right? And but, you're on private jets. And was... you get the gist, but I did want to play the end because I also didn't even finish it, but I didn't want to play bro, the ending. Fell real estate mogul, James. You're looking at these fucking properties, bro. Look at these fucking properties. You can tell <laughs> off bat that they ain't going to give you that much fucking yeah, revenue. Yeah, this is not even on, like... They're not, yo, so this they're was... Like dirty. This what was my biggest fuck, point. Dude? People this, are fucking stupid, bro. This is what frustrated me because when I'm looking at the numbers... He's saying you're getting 50, 60, 70,000 back off the sale. And I'm like, in four, in five months? No. <laughs> Bro, my nigga, I don't care how much rehab you do. You'd have to pick the property up and move it to another district. Yeah, like, what the bro. fuck are we talking about? Like, bro, and, these are, and he's getting these investments from so-called already people who are in this fucking business. You know what I'm saying? They yeah. got their LLCs and everything. Yeah, like and investment look groups. Y'all fucking stupid, bro. Investment groups. I think people are just that desperate to be rich. Yeah, and I think they go off based off cosigns. Yeah. Like, it's like, if you if you tell me, yo, check out, like, if you're looking for a barber, you're like, yo, actually, check out this barber. This barber, bro, you should try him out. You can at least try him out. So these people can afford to at least risk one investment with this man that seems to be credible. They see him on the Breakfast Club. They're from New York. They're from New Jersey. Tri-state area. They try it out, and then they end up being like, damn, I guess I'm getting scammed. Yeah, bro, but, but like, we're not talking. There's rich people problems. But, but I get what Marlon says. The biggest issue here are the LLCs, too, because it's like, you would think they would understand that. A shitter in New Jersey that's worth $250,000 that yeah. has three people. Because he says something very important. There were a couple cases where this motherfucker would ask people for this large sum amount. Allegedly. He, allegedly. And he would allegedly, the word of the day, uh, the of the day and mm. he would put his own l alleged large amount, amount mm -hmm. and then he will get a redevelopment loan mm -hmm. and another loan. And I'm like, why do you need all this money? Yeah. A and he's telling you the property's only worth this amount, and he has what, like almost double the amount of capital necessary? Mm -hmm. That would make sense. Mm -hmm. Like, rehab doesn't cost that much. No. Doesn't make sense. And he's telling bro, you this, and you're still going bro, along with it. These are things that I know, and I, I don't. I, I'm not 
you know, I don't yeah. study this shit. You know what I'm saying? It's just common sense. Like, bro, you can you can see there's so many tools out there where you can see there's so many tools out there where you can see what a house has sold for and like the history and everything like that. The area that is in, and you can just self-analyze. Like, c- come on, bro. Like, so this is how the uh, the the podcast, the documentary ended. Credit yeah. card scams, right? Credit card yeah. scams. Yeah. So before that, I, from the age of sixteen on, I was selling drugs. Even better, Caesar found his mentor in prison. The funny thing is that when I was in jail, I actually met a guy who was a, a real estate developer already, and he actually kind of became my mentor. He inspired me to get into real estate once I came home. He didn't say the mentor's name, but how funny would it be if the guy was Mister Three Time Felon, real estate mogul Jay Morrison? And I even tell you because when we had that conversation, I called him last night. I'm like, "Do you owe anybody money?" Caesar told me no. Now that DJMV has been alerted to the numerous lawsuits alleging investors being owed 100% of their money, it's hard for me to give him the benefit of the doubt moving forward. I think UNMV's, you know, y'all partnership is, is, has really helped, you know, the both of y'all in a real way. Cause... DJMV benefited from promoting Caesar for four years. I think it's partially his responsibility to work with Caesar to make sure the victims get paid back. Additionally, Envy allegedly gave Caesar $500,000 for this apartment project. Caesar raised money from Envy and Associates, and not a single ounce of progress was made on the property for for years, Envy was still promoting him despite a pretty massive red flag. And here I am, $50 million later in real estate. We currently own uh, 3,000 units. It's time for Caesar to prove he's either legit or a con man. And back then, I thought nothing was going to happen. It was a white collar crime. And I've done so much other things worse than that, right? <laughs> At that point, I'm like, oh, this is, this is nothing. He either sells units to pay off victims or he never had them in the first place. And if he never owned more than a few houses while being promoted as someone who owned 3,000 units, then I think the pressure DJ Envy is feeling is deserved. Just as I completed writing the script for this video, I came across this post on Instagram of an attorney letter alleging their client sent Caesar $1.4 million in 2017 and 2018. A commenter wrote, they got my boy for 60K. One thing that may help the victims is we at least know that when the feds come knocking, Caesar won't be able to run away. Thanks for watching. Let, let, me, let me. All victims' profiles and pictures and video were stock images. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's mm. good for legal Shout reasons. out yeah. to Pocket Watching. With, let, let, me, yeah. let, let me put y'all on, right? If there's any quote unquote business person coming up to you and he's soft spoken, you don't trust that motherfucker <laughs> whatsoever, bro. Niggas a I'm, thief. I'm putting <laughs> game, bro. I'm putting game. If there's any fucking quote-unquote business person, business guru coming towards you asking you for money or do this because this will make you money and he's soft-spoken, don't fucking do it. He's going to fucking scam you. He's going to lick you. He's going to fuck you. Don't do it. I, I'm I'm telling you right fucking now, bro. Anyone who's soft-spoken, you know why they're soft-spoken, right? Why? They're trying, to, they're trying to convince you. They're trying to convince you. Don't you feel more more calm and like, okay, like, you know what? Yo, who trying to rob this. you that soft-spoken? Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. I'm just, I'm just, I've just seen it happen. You know what I'm saying? It's just common sense. It's just yeah, like. Yeah. He, yeah, he, no. he gave shady vibes. And plus, his past, like, he's not very credible. Like, like he, he might like, have had bro. success individually, but then to put on for people and to pitch it to, you know, dozens of people, hundreds, who knows how many people he had invest overall throughout his career. It's just like, you have to be more than just, oh, you made yourself succeed, but what evidence do you have of making someone else succeed? Like, where, what money have you made someone else? But then maybe to a lot of people, DJ Envy was that example. Yeah. You know, even you got the Char- Charlemagne co-sign at the end there too. Uh-huh, I remember. Which yeah. was like, oh, oh. And I know I remember Angela Yee got into um, real estate 
uh, with Envy's advice, and she's had success. But I'm, hopefully, she's not involved with Caesar. Imagine Envy, uh, not Envy, but Caesar allegedly one of the victims is Angela Yee. That'll that's be, why she left the Breakfast Club. That'll be like, that's why she left the Breakfast Club. That'll be fucking crazy. <laughs> that'll be like a wow, like turn of events. Um, but speaking of turn of events, this went viral over the weekend. So we'll start. We're starting chronological order. So. There was a clip that went viral from Charlemagne's um, well, scared podcast. Me, right scared, Drake's Brilliant idiots. Drake put out a song last Friday. And can you put up real quick, Marlon, the speaker for us? That way you know I can hear it too. And nobody cares. What was the song? The Drake and Scissor record. No, uh, people. That's just dropping. People do like it. It came out last Friday. And, and it came out last Friday and people just started talking about the lyrics yesterday. Because I saw people... You know, uh, posting about how he like, said something he about, about? Whips, whips and chains. You get whipped and chains like an oh, African yeah. slave or something like that. And I remember, I, I'm in the group chat and I'm like, I'm, I'm like, damn, Drake put out this record Friday and people just get into the lyrics on a Monday? I mean. That's not Drake-like. So, I heard this right away and I immediately, immediately when I watched this episode, I was like, this man... Is out of touch. Talking out of his ass. Bro. He's wrong. He is wrong. Because he works on the radio. And he's also admitted to the fact that... You could put the speaker down a bit now. Not fully, but you know. But it's He's also admitted to the fact that um, Charlemagne has admitted to the fact that he's not on Twitter anymore. He hasn't been on Twitter in years. And that's like a main vocal point for opinions. Like, that's where you get all the opinions, realistically, in social media right now. Because it's an opinion-based platform. Or X now. It's not Twitter. So, he's wrong. And also, for people to get Drake's lines... On Monday instead of Friday, it's not even a, du- uh, a L. It's actually a W because we're still getting Little Wayne bars years later. Like, <laughs> that's a good thing. Like, people are breaking down. We broke it down here on the podcast. Like, oh, wait, I, I didn't know he meant that with WM because yeah, right. Drake has some good ass bars in that song, even though mm-hmm. his performance on the song might have been lackluster compared to Scissors. The first part. The yeah, first part, the first especially. Part, but the rapping part the, was pretty good. But the ending of the track, I think it was really good. And it gives like interlude vibes. Didn't give hit song vibes. That's not no. the goal with that song. There's no, no music video. There's not even any cover art because Halle Berry didn't approve it. He just dropped the fucking visualizer. Yeah, it just it was a quick. He visualizer. gave us something so we could shut the hell up. Exactly, something to hold us over until the album gets out. Right. And on top of that, Charlemagne the God. This song is the number one song in the country now. Literally, as of today, it's the number one song on Hot 100 Billboard. It has its own trend on TikTok. Like, there are women on TikTok taking the part where he's breaking down the months. And the months, yeah. And they're in front of the camera, yep. and they're getting mm-hmm. emotional, and, yep. they're like, and they're like, you know, yep. feeling what he's their, saying. Their state of minds throughout that whole, like... And the, yeah. Throughout the months, yeah. Yep. So, like, what the hell is... And this is, but, you, but this goes back to your point, Vic. At the end of the day, Charlamagne doesn't understand this because this nigga's not on TikTok. Yeah, yeah. Nigga's not on Twitter. He's you out of touch. He's out of touch, bro. That's and it. The podcast is called Brilliant Idiots. So they're, they're, they do that a lot where like they're brilliant idiot. Like they'll say a lot of dumb shit and it's like funny, et cetera. But this one was just inaccurate. Now we have Drake actually responding to a lot of people are assuming this, right? I think it was this because this is the most recent one that went viral. But he's had a lot of issues in Go the past with Charlamagne the God. Uh, he's talking to Edwin in the background. But with Charlemagne the God, because they might think you're talking about me, you gotta be careful. With Charlemagne the God, <laughs> see the God um, who has called Drake out previously, has gone viral. We have always known this. That's why you gonna make me send bottles of Charlemagne. He did that randomly in the Meek Mill verse because he was like, "Yo, you gonna make me start acting crazy, so crazy Shit. to the point that I'm gonna send bottles of Charlemagne." who's one of my biggest haters, he's like, I'm going to show him actually love because yeah. I'm so crazy. And he actually did send bottles to Charlemagne, and everyone remembers that. Are you yeah. going to show him what he said on he's Breakfast Club? No, so this Straight. was a clip that went viral. This was, was what Drake posted this. Aside from words, Drake posted this uh, screenshot of this clip. 
this is a TikTok that's gone viral. Drake, I guess, watched it because he literally screenshotted this. So people are assuming that he watched this. So this is a viral compilation of Charlemagne dissing Drake throughout DJ Vlad interviews throughout the years. Three sexual orientations out here. It's gay, straight, and Drake. And Drake is just a whole different type of breed. It don't got nothing to do with nothing other than he's just a different type of breed, man. Drake's used to people laughing at him and talking about him behind his back from high school. So that was the who's laughing at me post. I hear y'all laughing at me. Y'all supposed to be my friends. I think Drake can rap. You know what I'm saying? I think he can rap. He's a dope rapper. But I just, I hate when he sings. And I, I just think he's, and I just think personally he's a corny guy. Get in the car the next morning, turn on like Power 105, and hear some nerd telling them that I'm, I'm gay or they have pictures of me or that to me is like, why, man? Like, for what? You know, why are you using your job to exactly. tear me down? Like, you're a real loser you know sorry and I don't bother anybody I, I'm not a foul artist you know I don't I don't, I'm not out here looking for trouble I try and make beautiful music try and be a positive positive role model that's it man no new friends no new friends no new friends no 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 who talks like that now I'll give it up to um shout out to um Charlemagne's Charlemagne's goofy, bro. I've Char always said that. Charlemagne, uh, shout out, Charlemagne, shout out to academics. Academics uh, broke this down where he deep dived into the past, uh, back and forth between uh, between Drake and Charlemagne and like the actual situation. So literally, um, after that Tim Westwood interview years ago that went viral, where Drake was addressing Charlemagne the God, Charlemagne the God went on Breakfast Club to talk about it, and he called Drake a hypocrite. He's like, "How am I the nerd? Why would you call me a nerd? That's like calling." Uh, uh, Gabrielle Cinebe, the actress that plays Precious, um, calling her her calling me fat, you know, like it's like it's like hypocritical. So then he said he admitted to sleeping with the same girls as Drake. Like I guess he was at that time. That's before you know Charlamagne's current relationship, his wife now with kids, his family, where he slept with a girl. I guess that was pill talking, talking about Drake. And I guess they had slept with the same girl, the Eskimo brothers. And on top of that, um, he had <laughs> photos of Drake with his shirt off. Like, he was talking about it, he showed them, like, on a podcast. Like, it was, like, on the Breakfast Club. Um, very, very, like, old Charlemagne vibes. Edgy, crazy, which, to be honest, I know Marlon hates it. Like, Marlon says he, a lot, a lot of people do. That's why a lot of people do hate Charlemagne, because especially when it would pass the line when, like, he'll smell, was it Jennifer Lopez's seat or yeah. someone's yeah, seat? Yeah, he's, he's, he gets And then he did the whole breast thing with the weirdo, porn star. Yeah, weirdo, and then the, creep um, vibes, bro. The little mama. Because you know what it Even is? Though he didn't make little mama cry. It was Angela Yee, but he was still, like, baiting the situation in the moment. He tries to be Joe Budden in a very distasteful way. Gossip girl, bro. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't like he doesn't like him. But I, looking back at him now, when Academics was playing the clips, I was realizing like why Charlemagne was so damn successful. I'm like, yo, this shit was like good content, fucking good content, like yep. funny. Like I forgot like how this was like golden. Like this guy's trashing him. He's like on some Howard Stern, like fucking uh, what do they call it? Um, this is that's an actual term for people like this in in radio and shit. Where shock jock on some yeah. shock jock vibes that, that you could say. Um, but that's what made him so polarizing where it was like no one was really doing that, especially in hip-hop where they weren't giving a fuck, right? But then that's where you make a lot of enemies and shit, right? Yeah. But then him and Drake, you can say, uh, it's just Edwin leaving. You could say him and Drake have, you know, consoled now because he had to close the windows. Consoled now and they're, they're cool because of the bottles and stuff. And Charlamagne now, though, I, like I said, I listen to Breakfast Cup every day. He still takes ja uh, jabs at Drake, but... Not that aggressively. The most recent aggressive one was this one where he was saying he didn't like this song. But if you watch the full Brilliant Idiot podcast, he did give Drake his props. He does think he's a good rapper. He does think that, you know, the album might be obviously good. But he just didn't love 
this song, you know, and he thinks that it's not successful, but he can't add the not successful, no one's talking about it, to the point that he doesn't like the song because that's two separate points. His point could be right. You don't have to like the song. God bless you, you know, but it's unsuccessful. It's the number one song in the country, you know, and it's like, so the irony is crazy. Him and Drake going back and forth. This is another moment right here where he called him, I guess, uh, in deep hilarious. thought about how... Um, you the off-brand Morris Chestnut because <laughs> uh, Charlamagne looks that? like Morris Chestnut but this was the ether when Drake was going crazy uh, which shocked me I was like damn I don't think he had to do all this I feel like he should have just not even responded to this guy but he nah, said I like that are you okay Leonard? you kind of weirded me out G like you really obsessed with me or something for years like you look in the mirror and wish you saw my reflection type shit da 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 whatever you gotta do let it out and I'm sure your 435 loyal fans will stand by you, 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 you fucking goof. So I feel like this is like a corny response by Drake. But it's also, when you look at it, it's frustrating. He's frustrated. He's had enough. And it's like, I thought that these guys were speaking behind the scenes. Like the bottle situation happened, but I thought like throughout the years, Drake has at least connected with Charlemagne on social media. This man, he's really like sparked like his um like he got he feels fucked from this. Charlemagne did respond today, and we'll play that as well. Before I was just we about get to say opinions. that. That's why I, <laughs> his response tells me a lot. So we have Charlemagne's reaction to this today on the Breakfast Club, which in my opinion was obviously sarcasm, but then it could be interpreted as not. But he did say that he's lying. You effing goof. And then he called me off-brand Mars Chestnut. He did. I yeah. agree with that. And he, yes. he put the picture of you with the sweater where you're, like, really trying to channel it in. Like, you were, I, yeah. you were trying hard. I, I, I agree with that. Definitely. You definitely had oh, a Mars Chestnut mover. I had, like... I want to tell y'all something, but you're not going to believe me because I'm lying. But Drake and I plan this out every time he drops an album. I'm part of the album rollout. He drops a record, I critique Cap. it. It brings more attention to the record, more attention to the project. I keep telling Drake he doesn't need me to do that. He's Drake, but for whatever reason, he wants me to do it, so I oblige. Okay? I don't believe you. I'm just telling you. It, was, it wasn't always like that, though. Back in the day, I can honestly say I was hating on Drake for fun. It was hilarious, at least to me. Like, you know, he posted one this morning where I, that I forgot I even said, where I said it was a three orientation, three yeah. sexual orientation, <laughs> uh-huh. gay, straight, and Drake. Yes. <laughs> Hilarious. All right. <laughs> but that's just hate. Okay. But after back to back and he sent the bottles with the note, let's be friends. We came to an understanding and we agreed whenever he drops certain songs, I will hate on them in order to bring more attention to the record. I don't think he needs it. I think it's crazy that he wants me to still do that. But, you know. So th- you actually like Slime Me Out, Slime You Out, whatever. No. So then... I think Charlamagne has a problem with light skin brothers. Me and Drake, he just don't like. No, it's not that either. I just told y'all what it was. But I'm lying, so it don't matter. See? But, you know. But can we just agree that you don't look like Morris Chestnut, nothing around? So it's like, I'm lying. I don't matter. I'm lying. I'm lying. So it's like, um, it's almost, though, to be honest, it's almost like a perfect response because it's like, you're trolling, right? And it's like, people are going to interpret it however. There's some dumbasses that are going to think that he's obviously serious. Serious, right. You know, when he's being sarcastic because he's saying he's lying. But then... It's like you're throwing it up in the air for interpretation instead of having a direct response. But he's also trying to act unbothered. We know that he's not unbothered. Also, marketing. Their podcast has always been booming, but as recently they've been getting keep going viral for like random takes, especially Andrew Schultz's random takes on the Brilliant Idiots. And now we have another viral moment for the podcast. So it's only going to give them more engagement, more traction. People are going to tune in next week to see what else are they going to talk about. Well, Drake responded. So it's like... When you feed into it, that's why I think like Drake might have not should have done this, but it could be marketing for him as well. 
hey, let me go. Let me respond to Charlemagne. It's only going to gas my album up more. And on top of that, hey, Charlemagne, you don't like the song, whatever, blah, blah, you on my ass. Wait until you get this album. Is he going to diss Charlemagne on the album? Is he going to diss someone? Little Yachty said that, right? He said it's going to be a critical, uh, a cr- uh, controversial album. Uh, the topics he's talking about, oh my God, right? This song so far, it's good, but it's not like a hit. It's like, hmm, there's a little vibe. Give me interlude vibes, right? Middle of the album, B-side. Is this the worst song on the album? This might be the worst song on the album. And he dropped it on purpose first on some, here's something, hold you over. And now... Let me go hard on the album. Because guarantee you, if this album is even a bit lackluster, guess who's going to go in on it every day? Charlamagne the God. So it's like now you have more pressure from people in the media where it's like you already had the situation with Elliot Wilson, right? The back and forth with Elliot Wilson. Now you got another situation back and forth with Charlamagne the God. And it's like you're feeding into it. And it's like you're not going to give these people interviews because you're doing the Bobby interview. You know, you're doing these other platform interviews, which you, like, we already discussed in here. You could do whatever you want, right? But then... It's like, man, I'd rather him sit down with Charlemagne on some shit where it's like, this is your biggest op, your hater. Talk to him in person. Nah, like, what man. do you hate about you see, me? We, we, we got we to gotta understand, bro. We got to understand this is the way that I view it, right? At the end of the day, these people are still fucking people. You know what I'm saying? They're regular fucking people. This is normal people activity. You know what I'm saying? We used to do this shit back in the day. You know, we would fucking throw subliminals and shit like that. We would do it. You know what I'm saying? I would do it if I would, because like you said, it's straight, so out, he's, it's he's straight a, out of frustration. So we're trying to say like his feelings are actually hurt. You mean? Maybe not hurt, but it's like, bro, like I, you want to talk all this shit on fucking, you know what I'm saying? I can do it too. Like, you think you have these many fucking viewers and shit like that? I got the same shit. You know what? Fuck it. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah, just yeah. say how I fucking feel. At the end of the day, it's his fucking social media account. He can do whatever the fuck he wants with it. He deleted it. He did post and delete everything. Yeah, of course he did. Drake, mm. uh, my thing is this: I have a very, uh, very, have very problematic take on this. So, I think Dr- he, Drake should kill him. No, no, no. <laughs> I actually think Drake and Charlemagne are cool. Mm. So you think it is how Charlemagne was? I think their marketing was falsely alluding because you know what it is. He did. He does it with Joe Budden. That's when I knew. You think I was, that's fake too? No. I, hell, they don't have beef. They're friends. Yo, nah. bro, they were going out on dinners, bro. That's like a real thing in like hip hop. Like niggas know their friends. That's why I, I, this is why I get frustrated with Drake. That'll be crazy. That'll be crazy. This is why I get mad at Drake because you know what? Drake is just like Kanye. They have these insane little rollouts where they're just causing fucking problems to get everyone's attention. Yeah. And I think what's going on right now is Drake understands his album got pushed back because he had to finish the tour. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are pissed about it. It's probably, in his mind, he may think he's losing traction. He's to keep the eyes on him. Yeah, yeah. So he's doing outlandish shit. He's wearing the fucking, the little clips in the hair, and he's doing the girly hair, and it's like, it's now breaking the internet. It's like, oh shit, now he's beef with Charlemagne. Look, over the song, niggas don't fuck with the song. Is the album even going to be good? Yeah, yeah. I think this is all just a marketing plan for Drake. I think Drake is much smarter than a lot of people give him credit for. Listen, that it, it could happen. It could be the thing. I tweeted this morning or earlier where it's like, I think that's could, this could be the worst song on the album on purpose. I agree. Because, man, especially he pushed the album back so much where it's like now you have, you can gauge people's feedback. If people don't fuck with the song like that much, then you can even like tweak the album. I mean, put the song here and delete the song, blah, 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 fuck with the track list. Like, 
it's also maybe like on purpose. Maybe it's not on the album. That's what I was going to say. It could not even be part of the album. But it is so far. When you check on Apple Music, it is. Like, that's the single for the album. The only single. I think Search and Rescue is not even considered a single. I don't know why not. Yeah, people were saying that. Because that one number one. Yeah. Yeah. That one number one. But it's crazy. Like, this is, I think, SZA's second number one this year. She had Kill Bill, top of the year, off of her new album by herself. Mm -hmm. And now she has this one with Drake, which is a W. And now we have Drake. I think this is his, um, he's one more number one away from passing or tying Michael Jackson, something like that. Yeah, it's some crazy shit. Some like crazy that. number, some crazy stat. And I think he's going to give us another song before the album going, Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. And I think it might, in it's that Friday. song, yep, and I think in that song, you're going to hear a subliminal to another beef. Either mm. push, Kanye, somebody, to keep that momentum right, listen, going. I said it already. We need the rap beef. I think that the beef between Drake and Charlemagne lies to a one, to all points of one man. I think Kendrick Lamar, because Kendrick Lamar and Charlemagne supposedly behind the scenes are close. And Charlemagne literally said when Kendrick Lamar's new album come out came out, and he still says it every time he gets a chance to. He's like, "This is one of the most important albums uh, of all uh, of all time." Like he says, like top two most important rap albums of all time. Album Some crazy ass take. It's <laughs> like how is that the what album about, about his aunt? <laughs> yeah, like, what, are you, what are you talking about? Like Kendrick Lamar is the most important rap album of all time. But what are you talking about? To pimp a butterfly, yeah, yeah, not this one. Bro. Not this one. So it's like, and he does that a lot where it's like people call him a Kendrick Lamar dick rider. So it's like, oh, and like, you know, the Kendrick Lamar Drake situation I, I, behind I, the scenes. I honestly hate the fact that people give so much, so many fucks about what Charlemagne has to say, bro. He's a staple in the culture. I He's get a staple it. In the culture, Man, fuck, my thing is, bro. I only think He's this is. number one black broadcaster. Well, I think this is. I only a hypocrite, think, bro. My thing, I think, I truly believe this is marketing. Because remember Diplomatic Community before it came out with Scorpio? Mm-hmm. It was a two pack. There was a two pack that yeah. came out before Scorpio on Diplomatic Community. He was sending fucking heaters against these niggas. Yeah, yeah. Every beef he had was on that song. Mm-hmm. He's a messy nigga. That's a hard ass. He song. likes beef. Like he likes beef to start shit up. And we need it. We do. <laughs> <laughs> For all the dogs. Listen, if Drake's the one that finally says Candyman. And starts calling these niggas out, I'll be so happy. That's what he needs to fucking do. That's what he needs to do. Because you know what? I'm tired of this little beef between him and Kendrick. This shit is corny. Bro. This little sub- they this little rap beef, bro. Hip-hop this year has been fucking atrocious. And bro. Kendrick was the only one willing to do it. Because remember that element, um, the, the original element verse got leaked. Mm-hmm. And he was trashing niggas. Yeah. And if it wasn't for Big Sean reaching out to him, hip-hop would be in a very different state right now. Man. And it frustrates me that Drake has all these issues behind closed doors with these niggas and he's not willing to say anything on a song except these little <laughs> subliminal bro, disses. They're like, what are you wow. doing, bro? Stand on your shit. Fuck, man. Shit used to be so much raw back then when we was like in high Nigga, school. Nigga, remember Control? That. Come on, bro. Till yeah. this day, I play that shit. That but shit's it might, nasty, it might get back bro. To that. It might get back to that. You know, Drake, Drake couldn't push that needle. Push it to you. Supposedly has three albums coming. <laughs> he has damn. two done and like one special planning right now, one special project. So And push it to down to say a name. Yeah, yeah, 100%. He's definitely have Jin Jones on that album, dissing him. He might have Max B as a sample on that album. <laughs> oh, Oof. my God. I fucked your wife. <laughs> yo, <laughs> yo, that really got If he takes it, that'll be insanity. But we never know. But speaking of insanity, when it comes to the worst parents, maybe, of all time, <laughs> Blueface, Blueface and Krishan win that award, unfortunately, without a question, right? This <laughs> is a disgusting display that's been happening where you're taking a child's innocence and you're using it as entertainment. I per- personally try my best to stay away from the blue, sh- blue face and Krishan topics because there's so much to talk about. And at the same time, 
I really don't care because it's like it's pointless. But now it's gotten to the point where their life is what they sell to the point that their actual newborn child has now become a trending topic online. And they've objectified this man to the point that Blueface disgustingly tweeted out last night his son's private parts, his son's penis, because his son has a hernia. He was born, I believe, with a hernia, a serious health situation. He needs to get surgery for this. He posted this in spite of Krishan, trying to say that Krishan is a bad mother, etc. This was the first time he's seen the child in a while. And he took a photo of the child and posted it online for the whole entire, for millions of people to see his child's private parts. And then still justifying it, tweeting, saying, this is my son, I don't give a fuck, blah, blah, blah. Y'all crazy, y'all, blah, blah, blah. Going, going off, right? Tweeting and deleting all night, Blueface. Now we have Krishan allegedly saying that she is going to sue her baby daddy, Blueface. This is her today, the morning after. I don't need no money, no child support, but I'm pressing charges, bro. You want to play this police game? So. You saw you saw the pic of the baby fold that I wore. <laughs> you haven't seen that shit? Oh, the photo, yeah, of Krishan Kia, because she went viral prior to the story because she was walking with her child in Walmart, and the baby no back support, well, had no back support. The baby's back was bent. Looking like a lawn chair. Bro, bro the poor <laughs> child, bro. The poor child. And then Krishan said, like, to justify it, she was like, what do you guys want me to do? Like, I'm a new mom. <coughs> like, the person that was recording me should have helped me. And it's like, oh, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, your family should have helped you. Your baby daddy should be helping you. And then when he comes to try to help you, I guess he discovers the hernia situation. But he made it seem as if he didn't know that. Allegedly, she said that he knew this. Like, that's why he went to Baltimore the other day when they linked up and he made that song, Distant Little Baby. Because of the fact that he... The baby had surgery, but she missed the surgery. Like, she missed the surgery day. She was late to the appointment, something like that. So, there's an actual child's health and innocence uh, completely being on display right now in a disgusting way. And it's pretty in- insane to see, whereas, like, social media will just amp it up. And it's like, you know, a lot of that shit is funny, but then it's also extremely sad. Because I'm a parent myself, and if I were to see... I would never, I would never see myself doing any of this i'm a new parent young dad why would i want to post my child's private parts on social media like where is child protective services like where is the actual federal like the feds need to come in and like take that child away police police help like why is there no actual like law enforcement being intervened with this like at this point this is this is not okay. Now, this is elite snitching. I'm not going to lie. Like, they're yeah. snitching on themselves and they're still not in jail. This is crazy. Bro, how are you going to snitch on yourself and still be out in public <laughs> and still be paid thousands of dollars? They're going to pay thousands of dollars for walkthroughs because of their clout from being bad parents. So, if we're bad parents, we get enough clout and attention that you can pay me 60000 to go to your club and play songs that no one listens to anymore at all. 
songs that people might not even know the lyrics to. But just because your presence is there, they're bad parents. Blueface and Krishan, let's, let's bring them to our club. We'll tell you, what is going on? Did you see his tweet this afternoon? What did he say? I got hacked, my bad. Oh, God. Yeah, because legally me. he wants to protect himself because Krishan's trying to press charges. So he wants to say, I got hacked. That wasn't me. All this bullshit. Bro. I laughed. <laughs> I, I think that, that I think that in my opinion, he's been done when I saw like the antics between them. Because for those who don't know, Krishan has been leaking the fact that Blueface gets all her, all of her money. Whenever she does walkthroughs, it goes straight to Blueface. He's basically pimping her like wow. on some shit, like allegedly, like is on some pimping shit. Whereas like he collects the money. He collects the bags for her. Nothing goes directly to her. You so, think he's threatening her? Yeah, he might be on some extortion shit where it's like he's holding the money for her. Like, that, this is wrong on, all, on so many levels. Because he's like, oh, I put you on, so I'm going to get the bread. Bro, what, what, what vindictive mentality is this? Like, we got to get out of this, this like, hellhole uh, that th- these people have brought the culture to right now. This is the bottom of the barrel right now of culture, of hip-hop, black culture, media. is Krishan and Blueface. Like, it doesn't get worse than this. Well, let me ask you a question, Vic. When it comes to her... Does she not reflect what we see of so many women in our lives? Just accepting abuse and... I'm not... Hold on. 100%. Let me, let me make 100%. this very clear. Women who get abused do not deserve it. And a lot of times they're being threatened so they have to stay in their situations. But when it comes to her, someone who has the financial means to leave, has a family, as she's already shown us, do you feel like, you know, that some responsibility has to be placed on her? On Krishan? Yeah. 100%. I think, I think it is a it's an even playing field where it's like he is a fucked up baby daddy and a horrible partner, but at the same time, she is just a dumbass person. Like, she unfortunately is very dumb. She has a lot of potential. Young, beautiful, college athlete, school athlete. She could have been something very successful, right? Instead, she's taking the route of just clout and attention and to her, she's like, well, it's just me, my life on display. I agree. My trauma on display. I agree. Let me make money off this. It's just me being myself. Like, what do you guys want to do? Where it's not scripted. I agree. Where it's like, no, just because that's your life doesn't mean that it's okay. And on top of that, there's a lot of girls like me, 100%. But let's stop it. You're on display. You have the benefit of, the, of millions of dollars that a lot of these girls growing up in the hood do not have. Yes, they look like you. They act like you. They relate situations. to you. They're yeah. like, oh, I see myself in Krishan. Show, but it's show like them how that shit has to stop right there. Yeah, like, oh, I see myself in Krishan because Blueface is taking her money. It stops there. Okay, on some on some controlling man shit. But then it's like, you're relating to someone. Let's say you relate to someone because they got shot. Oh, he got shot, bro. I got shot too. That's just a crazy experience, traumatizing. But this person that got shot keeps getting shot. Now that now they're now they're shooting. Now they, they keep doing like it's like repeating, repeating, repeating. Like there's no betterment. So what role model level or looking up to or relatability happens there? That's like, that's not an applaudable one. That's just an entertaining one. Like people love seeing, we love seeing car crashes. We pass by a car crash on the highway, the whole traffic jam. Everyone slows down to see. So people love seeing this like to everyone's demise, right? (laughs) And then they get into one. Until you get into a car crash yourself or until you see someone die, it's like, hold up. What the fuck? This is serious. Like, oh, I I should drive safe. Let me pay attention. Let me put my seatbelt on. That's what's happening with Krishan. She's crashing out live in front of millions of people. Let me ask you a serious question. How does it end? How does it end? If it keeps going like this. I think what's going to happen within the next month, we're going to see Blueface in jail 
I think he's going to be in jail, especially because of the, that's child pornography, especially if the mother wants to actually make a case out of this. She can get custody rights if she wants. I think that's going to happen. Aside from that, if she doesn't get the proper help from her family where they can show sufficient, actual, good, healthy house home, she's not going to have the child either. I think the, the like, and, and then at that point, you don't want that to happen, right? Because you don't want to have another child in the system, right? Because you see the stories there, but... That's what's gonna. I think that's gonna be the end of the road right there. That's what's gonna happen, and we're gonna see her on live every day crying about how she doesn't have her child. My baby, my baby, my baby. I'm trying to fight back to get my baby. Bitch, you gotta get your life straight. You're not a good mother. Like, what? What is this? And you, you also know that you're not a good mother. So you're just saying, I'm a new mom. Whoever was filming me at Walmart should have fucking helped me. That's not how this works. Because you're a celebrity, we should just help you. How about you fucking plan and prep before you have a child, or if you don't want to have the child, get an abortion, or Wear condoms. Don't have a child. Don't get pregnant. But it's like we're making this shit like it's like she wants to justify it. And then people interview her, but don't call, don't call her out. They don't help her. Face, they don't help her. They don't help him. They just let him buy. Like, let these niggas be high, high as fuck. And he's interviewing. That's why. These niggas are traumatized. I have two things. So first thing for me, I think it ends with him possibly killing her. Because he's, he seems very abusive. And the more she seems to trigger him, the worse he gets. Or the child dies. And somebody's going to jail for that. Um, I also agree with you. I think we as a culture play a role in it. And I and I agreed with this when I, when I saw what happened on Adam 22. And that's why I don't, I personally, and I say me personally, not Vic, not the podcast, I don't like Adam 22. <laughs> I think he plays into the culture. Yeah. Um, of violence and destruction and self-destruction. The reason why I said that is because I know some people will be upset and they'll be like, oh, you don't like Adam 22? Oh my God. No, it's no, no. Like, you have but, to, it's fine. But, I, I agree to some extent because I've, I've appreciated his business-minded uh, in this, et cetera. I've been invited on by his publicist in the past to, in L, to LA, no, no Jumper, et cetera. So I'm pretty sure he's probably aware who I am, but it doesn't mean like I'm not going to hold him accountable. He's definitely done a lot of dumb shit and I feel like he knows that, whereas like, he just doesn't give a fuck. And it's like, okay, you don't give a fuck? I give a fuck. Like, yeah. people have different moral ground. He seems to, like, lack a lot of morals where I have them. And it's like, okay, brother, you go down that road. And I think the culture takes a hit when you post Christian Rock fighting Blueface on set. Like, yeah. you can't do this to us because that's affecting the population. Because this is people's real lives. I, I know people who deal with domestic violence. I've dealt with domestic violence. I've seen it in my own household. Like, you, you just can't. You can't promote that shit and then expect there to be no repercussions on a general scale. Because you're right. People are looking at Christian and they probably saw that and were like, oh my God, my man talks to me just like that. Yeah. Or or th there's abusive niggas that are like, oh, I'd be just like that. I see where he's coming from. Like. Toxic love. You go on Twitter and these niggas is talking about it. So I, I just can't agree with people publicizing this shit anymore. You have to stop giving them attention. It's the same way I told people when Kanye was bugging. Stop acknowledging him. Yeah. We need to stop acknowledging people that are doing problematic things. You're giving them a platform and you're feeding into it. And it's only working. It's making everyone else worse off. Yeah. And even if you are platforming them, because, you know, I would give them an interview, but hold them accountable. Have it in a situation where it's like maybe a therapist is present. Like have a proper constructive conversation where it's like something could come from this rather than just like. Uh, quick flyby, like oh, nothing happened from here. There's just a quick promo run. Like no, let's actually talk, real deal. Like what's going on? Like you have you, you know, you guys are both extremely traumatized, right? Like <laughs> both of your parents are online. Your parents are celebrities because of the shit that they say to defend the bullshit that you guys do. 
that's how your parents are celebrities. Like, are you guys making your parents proud? Are you guys proud of your parents? Like, why are you making a mockery of your entire family? Like, what is the legacy you're going to leave behind for this child? For, like, like the, the entire future generations of the last names, the, the rocks, whatever their last names. Are. I'm not sure if it's a real last name, but, like, the entire generations of these families. Like, what, is, what are they going to look back at 10 years from now? Probably nothing. 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 So, yeah, this is disgusting. You know, I, I really had enough with this. We'll move on to something more lighthearted. Travis Kelsey has bagged Taylor Swift. <laughs> Viral story of the maybe year. Travis Kelsey after inviting Taylor Swift to one of his actual... Um, no, no, no. What happened was on his podcast, Travis Kelsey said that he went to a Taylor Swift show and he tried to meet her, but she didn't want to meet him backstage. You know, but... He invited her to one of his games, and he was like, oh, I, I did it. Let's see what happens. A couple days later, now we have Travis Kelsey with Taylor Swift, literally. Taylor Swift was at the game with Travis Kelsey's mother and Travis Kelsey's family in a booth. What do they call those? A booth? What do they call those? Like a, is it a booth? Yeah. Or what? It's, so it's a box. A box. The box seats. An entire Kelsey family box seats, right? So we have literally, listen to, the, listen to the stats, right? The breakdown between the 24 hours of Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift being public together at the Chiefs NFL game, right? And so many viral moments happened with, and during this and between this because you had a moment where Taylor Swift was cleaning up, literally cleaning up the actual bottles, the, 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 the beer bottles. A billionaire woman cleaning up beer bottles... That's a queen. To impress, like it, it came off like she's trying to impress, like obviously the Kelsey family, like she's a ho- home so ho- a wholesome woman, yeah. cleaning up the trash after herself. She she doesn't need to. She has probably people on staff. They have people on staff. I've been to baseball games and you could just leave the shit there. Like the people clean it up. Like that's 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 the point of the the the, situ- the fucking game. It goes to these games, right? Bro, but she's a queen. But she's a queen. You know, she's a queen. She got straight back, but I'll still give her the ring. (laughs) We have her and Kelsey driving off in a drop top, right? Drop top after the game. We have her walking off with Kelsey saying, um, talking like, oh, it was the best. It was the best. Like, as if recapping, like, he was asking her, how was it? How did it go? How was the game? How do you enjoy it? It's the best. It was the best, right? Driving off with him, almost alluding to, well, they're going home together? Like, what's going on here? Like, are you guys like... You're going to bang it out, bro. You're going to bang it out? Like You saw that porn star mustache you got on? Oh, his stash is amazing. <laughs> we have Travis Kelsey gaining over 300,000 followers in 24 hours. We have his jersey sales going up 400%. What? He's now a top five selling jersey in the NFL. Huh? Taylor Swift's New Balances retailed and were selling prior to this game and her appearance publicly. The regular 550 red ones at $70. Now they've been seen being sold up to $300. <laughs> this is the Taylor Swift effect. effect. Now, is Taylor Swift bigger than Drake? Is Taylor Swift the biggest artist in the world right now? Her effect in the where world. Just hanging out with Travis Kelsey. Obviously, we could say they're dating, but it's like Taylor Swift is your partner, and now she got Travis Kelsey, who already had clout. Now he's if he wasn't a, a he was a he was a clout baby, now he's a clout demon. You touch Taylor Swift, now you're a clout demon. This thing is crazy, right? And now they want to say also <laughs> that 
he left his beautiful, famous model. I love her. Black, gorgeous. Her. Call me. A queen. Four zero one, six. Were they married? No. no. No, they were. They weren't even engaged. Partner, right? His woman, his girlfriend. Yeah. Right. That separation happened. Taylor Swift had a separation, I think, with a bandmate from, was it 1975, the band? Yeah. That guy that had a controversial story where he was making fun of, I think, Ice Spice, damn near, by yeah. almost borderline racist, like he, the joke. He called her like... A monkey something? Yeah, some shit like something that. Something like that. And like, that's why Taylor Swift made the song with her. That's what everyone assumed. Yeah, so people assumed that Taylor Swift made a song with Ice Spice. Remember we talked about it in here? Horrible song. Yeah, the song, the, the collaborated song that was like... Big for the Swifties and big for the Ice Spice because the cosign is like, wow, the acknowledgement. The song itself, I didn't love it. It's like, hmm, what is this? But it worked for the band, fan bases to interact, right? And then they were got a lot pictured of together at the VMAs mm-hmm. via uh, Ice Spice and Taylor clicked up, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, she left. did she leave him for that? Mm, okay, we know that she's single. Oh, we know Travis Kelsey's single. Boom. He put it out there in the world on his podcast. He also is handsome. People have always said that. Like, he's like a handsome Football player, and on top of that, like he's cool. Like he comes off every cool. Nah, he's beautiful. Like he's one of those. Like he's invited to the barbecue. Like yeah. he's white, but he understands black culture. Look up this not in a corny way, bro. He's wavy as fuck. Like his he's black girlfriend nice. really got what's him it, wavy. What's his name? He's mad nice. Travis Kelsey. He's one of the best tight ends of all time. Yeah, many argue top five, Kelsey. top two, top two. Nut first ballot Hall of Famer, two time yeah. Super Bowl champion. Yeah. So it's not like he's a fucking. A bench player. Like, it's not just, oh, I'm just with him for... No, no, no. This guy's the top dog. Bro, he's in the same conversation as Gronkowski, bro. Yeah, yeah. So, like, Gronk and him are literally it's one like 1A, and 1B. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I this is definitely her most famous relationship for me. By far, bro. And it's only getting started. It's only getting... This, this is day be, one. This is gonna be, yo, this day, be crazy. When she breaks his heart, oh, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Listen. That's just going to be crazy. Why, why do you think she's going to be the one to break his heart? Because she always does it. She always does it. She's the heartbreaker. Hell the heartbreaker. yeah, <laughs> bro! Y'all, don't, yo, she be making mad songs about heartbreak, and this is the reoccurring joke about Taylor Swift. You make all this sad ass music about your life, but you break up with every nigga you've ever dealt with. My God! So like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, you, why are you so hurt for? You, you a Swifty? I'm a, I, I dabble in the Swiftiness. You feel me? I dabble in the tracks. I'm not gonna lie to you though. Um, it's a big. I think neck, Taylor bro. Swift is the biggest artist in America. Yeah. Now in the world, that's a little debatable because football is an American sport, and she's a very like white artist. I still think Bad Bunny's the biggest artist on the planet, but like Taylor Swift has a stronger effect than Drake does, in my opinion, because that's insane to shoot up his jersey sales to number five. It's crazy. Like, do you understand how hard that is for a football player? And them jerseys are not cheap. Not at all. They're like a hundred cent dollars. I know, bro. Look at look at Taylor clean up. Even the people record like she's cleaning. What the fuck? It's like a rare specimen. It's like they're looking at an alien. Like what? Taylor Swift is cleaning up. It's because it's true. It's like whoa. You add everything together. She's next to the mother. It's like oh, she's on some dope shit. Like she really likes this guy. She's trying to impress this guy. Like on some girl shit. You saw her cheesing and cheering him on. She's very girly. She's very girly. Yes, I don't know, man. I'm the type of person. I go to some shit like that, bro. I'm not leaving the trash there, bro. I'm picking it up. That's I feel how it. I was but that raised. wasn't her trash. That's how I was raised still, bro. She's Rich, worth a billion. Rich milk. Who gives milk. a fuck? That's rich milk, bro. 
Rich milk is crazy. <laughs> like, like people gotta realize that these motherfuckers at the end of the day are normal human fucking beings, bro. That's the shit that gets me tight, bro. Motherfuckers be forgetting that shit. Here's another moment. He looks crazy with the stash. Why do he look like he the looks lemonade like a porn cup, cup, bro? Yeah, he looks like a porn star. Hey, how you doing? A wavy porn star. What brand is that? That's Kid Super. Yeah, Kid Super out of New York. You know what? You know what lemonade cup I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I know you're talking. He looks like that white, white with blue lemonade cup. The that one from the crazy, trucks. Yeah. <laughs> he does. He looks like the lemonade That's crazy. Man, listen. Yeah, so. What this car is, is that? This is the couple of the year. You know, these are this is the biggest story. Old American. The impressions yeah. and the numbers that they've made on social media have been insane. Taylor Swift effect is real. And people are also just kind of like, I feel like it's like a positive where people are happy for both of them. It's just where people are calling out him leaving. Especially black Twitter, they're like calling him out for leaving the black girl for the white girl. And kind of rebranding himself. And rebranding himself. But it's like, man, to each their own. Love is love. And at the same time, bro, it's Taylor Swift. Like, we're talking about Taylor Swift, Rihanna. Very popular women in culture. Whether she's known for her sex appeal or not, doesn't even matter. This is Taylor Swift. It's true. He might have been joking with that shit. <laughs> and then it really happened? You think he's probably not in disbelief? Are you kidding me? He's I probably think, like, fuck, I really got this girl. Like, this is amazing. And he gets to know her. She's probably mad cool. I think This is a major moment for white people. I think that's what's going on. This is a major moment for <laughs> white people in America. This is a, American, this is a uh, white American holiday. The day that Taylor mm-hmm. Swift was with Travis Kelsey, Kelsey at his game. Because this is like every white person relationship. You know, the jock quarterback. Mm-hmm. And then the, the you know, the kind of reserved but very open you know white girl like this is just what it is for american culture for these white people this is great i'm happy for them good for them congratulations here we have this pretty um cool story we saw kai sanat did a 24-hour live stream with offset extremely entertaining kai sanat's most watched live stream playback ever broke record numbers aside from that it was his best one so far, I think. It was the funnest one, the most organic one. The energy between Offset and Kai Sinat was as if they were two young brothers hanging out at home. Mm-hmm. Sl- sleepover vibes. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Organic, right? At the same time, it was marketing for Offset because he was wearing his new merch. He was promoting his new song, his single for his new album. But it came off still organically. Organic promotion, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people shout out Kai Sinat, etc., these artists, but a lot of times they don't really link up with him. They don't. They promise him something. They don't really do it. You know, I think Drake still owes him a favor. They were supposed to do something with the kids together. Might, they might happen tonight because they're in Atlanta together. They might make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, Nicki Minaj was supposed to go on Kaisenet's stream. Still hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. You know, they do these things, but Offset did it. Whether you are a fan of Offset or not, you can't deny the fact the legendary status of the Migos mm-hmm. as a group. Mm-hmm. So you get any Migos involvement, the cosign is legendary. So we have him sending a message to Kaisenet afterwards listen to this message that offset sent to kaisen that he texted him this he said really thankful for the time and fun bro with the whole gang love them niggas like my like they my brothers thank you bro i haven't had fun like this in a long time bro i needed that in my life been so serious for so long niggas been going through shit with no fun thank you thank you amazing amazing he's thanking Mm -hmm. him Mm -hmm. he's thanking him kaisen is so blessed and grateful for you to come and give him this, this like, co-sign, come on here, platform, give me some content for free. You know, I'm making millions off this for free off of you. And he's like, no, thank you for the time. You know, thank you for the friendship. This is a man that just lost. I was about to say that, yeah. You know, what was the relation? 
It was his cousin. His cousin, right? He just uh, lost his cousin. Takeoff was his Takeoff. cousin. Takeoff. You know, Takeoff just passed away. That's like a cousin, brother, obviously rap group member, partner, business partner. He's traumatized still. You know, everyone saw him die. Everyone saw the videos of Takeoff dying online. He woke up and saw it on his phone. Come on. Like, literally, they're watching people walk over his cousin's dead body. You know, so he's going through so much trauma, and it's like, you get a genuine moment where you're just hanging out, kicking it, and it's obviously on camera, it's a live stream, but it's organic, it's 24 hours, so you get literally spend a whole day with someone, where you have to sleep with them, everything, eat with them, wake up with them, so it's a crazy experience, and I think that was pretty dope to see, now we have little Dirk saying he's going to do a 48 hour uh, live stream with them, Kaisenet, where he's like, okay, that's kind of corny. It's like, okay, calm down. Whatever, relax, bro. My yeah, question like, why are we trying to eat off? Are we trying to copy Offset? Yeah, like, just dick, but it's dick And don't say yeah. that and not do it now. Yeah. <laughs> because you know you can't be there anywhere in the world for 48 hours if you really have ops. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a fact. So let's that's not do that, fact. little Dirk. You that cannot do that, little Dirk. Like, it's not, it's like, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. If it happens, you're going to have 20 niggas outside of Kaisenet, the A&P house, with guns? That's not happening. Because it's different from, um, for Offset. Um... That's a, it's, yeah, he only got one. It's, it, no, ops, no, ops, <laughs> ops has ops. The issue is he's in Atlanta. No one's doing anything in Atlanta, bro. Especially what's been going on with, That's with, with Thug and all them. Yeah, they're, they're from there. None of his ops in Atlanta are going to go for him in that situation because there's just so much heat there right now. Mm-hmm. It would have to be that Kaisen that goes to Chicago or goes to Lil Dirk's territory. Which he kind of mentioned. He was like, let's do something at, uh, which he at might. an amusement park, some shit. He was like, oh, I guess you could do an IRO, an in real life stream, like walking around live stream in real life. My question is, where's his peak? Who, Lil Durk? Oh, Kaisenet? Kaisenet's peak, I don't know. Because I was saying this about Aiden Ross when Aiden Ross was blowing up. I'm like, this guy is peeking out. Like, his, with the gay jokes and all this stuff. And you have the, the guest, the celebrity guest, and it's like, awkward-ass interview. You suck at interviewing people. You suck at the conversations. It sucks so bad it was funny, though. It, yeah, but that's the thing. So it was like cringe. So then he played into that where it was like cringe on purpose, where it was like, hmm. I think he lost a huge audience, but he still has a core fan base that follows him to Rumble. Where is he? I don't know. Yeah, no, he's kick, on Kick, but now he's an owner of a, of a whole corporation. So yeah, yeah. I understand. So like he's, he's got, moved he, on. Yeah, he's kinda. moved on. You know, it's different type of shit now. So it's like he doesn't really need. He doesn't care about my opinion. He doesn't need our opinion. God bless him. But a Kaisenet is in a situation where it's like, well, straight up. First of all, he's not white. Like Aiden Ross is white. So like. They're and he's look, backed by another white man, yeah, top and, G. And you can be like, oh, he's he's he's, right, he's a Republican, whatever. Aiden Ross doesn't give a fuck about that. Kai Sinet wouldn't want to play into that because you're going to lose your whole base. Yeah. If you try to be on some, like, Republican, blah, 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 fuck, uh, this is free speech, fuck you guys, you're going to lose your base completely. Yeah. Your fan base is going to be gone. So he's never going to be, I doubt he's ever going to go that route. I don't see him going that route. He's friends with these people, but he doesn't play into it fully. He doesn't dive into the Sneeko world. He doesn't dive into the Aiden Ross world. He hangs out with them, but... He keeps his distance, right? I think he can go the route of maybe more, you know, of a Kevin Hart. Do movies, you know, do more comedic shows, like content, production house content, where people are actually filming you instead of you filming yourself, you know? That's where I think he can go. And a lot of people compare him to, like, a young Kevin Hart. They say Kai Sinan's like a young Kevin Hart. They say it all the time because the way he's funny, organically, blah, 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 short. Black, I think that's the racist way they do it. They, but they do it. They say that shit all the time. He reminds me of Kevin Hart. I'm like, why? Because he's short and black? I guess. But but I do see where it's like, oh, funny. He sounds, he does like the same type, type of like laugh sometimes with like the yeah. smile. Like they have the same type of comedy in a sense sometimes. The way they dance damn near looks alike. 
You know, so he probably is a fan of Kevin Hart. You might he might be emulating him without realizing it. But his peak, I think it would be that where when he goes into the corporate world. I agree. You know, and does that. Cause beyond that, I don't know. He is getting a bag right now. It's just, I don't see this going any further. Like, what does he want to do? Yeah, because the concept becomes repetitive to me. I just feel like if I'm him, if I'm realizing that the content's becoming repetitive and I'm running out of things to do here, instead of fading away and just, you know, going off with the money I got from these bags and, like, you know, reinvesting this shit. Yeah. Yo, go own something. Go turn AMP into a production house, like you were saying. Go yeah, yeah. own something and put other people on from New York. New York fucking loves Kai Sinet. That could happen. That would be so fly if mm-hmm. he's pulling talent out of New York. Does his own thing. Exactly. He started that early on where he would put on like the drill niggas, the young drill niggas in the earlier streams, etc. But he disses himself from that because, you know, these niggas There's was getting rico and yeah, shit. Yeah. He's going to jail and all this shit. So I get that. Um, and he's also not living in New York no more. So that had to happen. But I don't know. We shall see. Comment up below what do you guys think about Kaisenet and his future, what's going to happen next. But I am excited for this. He can't just keep getting bigger artists. That's also true. You know, if Nicki does go on, if Drake does go on, like that would be huge. And that can still happen because... They have no other reason not to, in a sense, where it's like he's a good guy. And on top of that, he has all the clout right now when it comes to, to live streaming. To be honest, he can get the whatever fucking artist he wants, right? When it comes down to like big artists, but it's like if the chemistry ain't there, who gives a fuck? That's why the offset one was so good because the chemistry was there. That shit was. He forced crazy. it out of him. He definitely forced it yeah. out. Yeah. Like he he put him in an environment where he was comfortable enough to be himself. And they were together before that. They yeah. did a music video together. Yeah. They did an Instagram live together. I don't think that's ever gonna happen with Drake. I don't think Drake would ever get vulnerable in front of a camera. Sure. That's, that's why I agree with Marlon. Like, the chemistry won't be there because mm-hmm. he's just not going to be himself. Because mm-hmm. Drake is well media trained. Yeah, yeah. And he spent his entire career keeping a perception of himself. And if we get to see who he truly is, that's going to hurt his ego. It's going to hurt his pride. Before we get to Usher at the Super Bowl, uh, quick topic. Doja Cat, incredibly, in my opinion... A shocking number for Doja Cat's album. Doja Cat's brand new album, her rap album, controversial. People thought and still think that she is demonic, worshipping, Satanist, right? I think it's just marketing and it's just her trying to be as big as possible. Get as much attention as possible, right? And it works, you know, but did it work effectively with sales? 55,000 copies first week. This is half of the amount of sales she made with her last album, Planet Her, that you said was 109? Yeah, it was 109,000. 109,000 first week. That's half, literally half. That's shocking to me because I thought that this was going to be a huge release. Remember, Drake was supposed to drop with her. People were like, oh, Drake and Doja, two big artists. This is huge, right? She had the number one song in the country, Paint the Town Red. 55,000 doesn't make sense. The number number does not make sense to me. It does not make sense to me. People were talking about the album. Yeah. I think it's a good album. Me I think it's one of the best albums this year. Yeah, I haven't heard it yet. I, I think it's one of the best albums this year. She rapped really is it, well. Is it this, better than Gunna's? No. No. no There's a lot of Gunna, alternative though. beats on that album. Yeah. I think the production was the most impressive thing. I'm like, wow, she's really good. Her flow patterns are very impressive. Yeah, she does The content flows. she was rapping about was the only thing that lacked for me. But other than that, I was like, this girl can really rap. She can really make shit rhyme. She's really going hard. And she shows her influences. Like some songs, she sounds like Joy Badass. Like Yo, awesome yes, shit. yes. I'm oh, like, what the fuck? Hold on, hold on. I have to say the song. And then another song, she had like a Griselda vibe. Like she really has like these like actual. Love life. Yeah. 
that song right there. It sounded just like a 1999 song that Joey from dropped. the Joey Badass mixtape. Yep, literally, I'm like, yo, Joey Badass should be on this like easily. So, I don't know. I think the number is probably low because it is a pure rap album with no features, no features at all, just herself, and her core fan base comes from the pop world, the Kiss Me More, SZA. Type mm-hmm. of collaborations. That song you know? was amazing. They love her collaborating. That's what she's known for, like these big songs, big moments. This is like a more of a pure rap, like with still a pop element. I still feel popish, but I think it's because it, people were calling it um, where it was a uh, uh, funky rap, some shit like that. In the it comments. was alt rap, bro. Like alternative, alternative rap. Man. You know, but I'm shocked. Fifty five thousand. That, that's that's a pretty low number to me. I feel like these were for her fans, bro. This wasn't for the general population. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that number. Because you said this earlier before we were on air. You were like, there were more features on that other album, the one before this one. I think that's what the issue is here. When you're able to make an album just for yourself and your fan base, you can't just throw niggas on there. Yeah, They don't go with what's going on. Now, there's cases like the Joy Badass song you mentioned, but I feel like you're right. If she had put more features, she'd probably be at 100K right now. Yeah. So is it... I wonder what her response is going to be, if anything. Like, what's the label going to say? The thing is, didn't she say, this comes off more as, like, proving people, like, I can rap. I told you I'm a rapper. I can rap. So, like, I ain't going to get outshined by anyone on my own fucking album proving y'all that I can rap. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like... Because there's a lot of nasty things that are being said to her recently. Yeah. Now now y'all know I can rap. So, if I wanted to drop a rap single or some shit like that with someone, y'all know I I can hold my own. So my question is for both of you, what happens next for this girl? I think that Doja Cat, what she needs to do now, the next album, it can't be like this. She needs to do more features. She needs to do collaborations. Even if you want to do a rap album, you, you shouldn't have dropped a rap album with no features. I think you need to collaborate with other rappers. It would have made it stand out more. Get a Joy Badass. Get a Griselda. It doesn't have to be mainstream A, A-list rappers. Get rapper rappers. To prove yourself and to see how you sound with them. It would be amazing sonically. You'd be like, whoa, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. That's what I was missing from the album. That's the only thing that didn't make it like for me. Like, this is like the only misses here was like, oh, I wanted more of that here and there. But overall, it was impressive. Whereas, like, the body of work, when you listen to, listen to it from top to finish, is like, oh, this is actually a pretty good f- whole full project. And on top of that, the production, like I keep saying, is really impressive. I'm like, wow. Because it doesn't, it sounds like Alchemist, you know, these type of beats, but I it's agree. not them. I agree. It's not them. I don't know who these producers are, but it's not them. So whoever's fucking producing for her in-house, they're fucking killing it. You know? Last topic of the day, Usher. Usher, Raymond, is officially the halftime performer for the 58th Super Bowl next year in Vegas. Officially happening. Um, Different platforms, Joe Budden Podcast, etc. A lot of people were kind of predicting that this could possibly happen one day. Taylor Swift turned down performing at the halftime show for next year. Um, who else turned it down? Uh, Bad Bunny, right? Bad Bunny. It was allegedly that yeah, Bad, Bad Bunny, Bunny was going to do it. Bad Bunny was supposed to do it as well. Allegedly, he turned it down. Thank God. These are too. But smart. now we have Usher saying that Jay Z called him personally and told him it's time. And he's like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "Oh, don't. It's your time to shine. Halftime. We got. We got to do the halftime show." Usher like, felt like. I feel like he should have done that shit. Earlier in his career. Usher? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. A lot of people, that was, that was like a mixed review where like people were like, this is going to be amazing. I think that's going to be 
one of the best I halftime think, shows no, of no, all no. time. I'm I agree. I'm excited to. I would love Usher, but like today's generation don't know who the fuck Usher is. But I, I hear that. You know, what but I'm saying? I think the issue is this is a Super Bowl. A lot of the people who are watching the Super Bowl are in their 20s to 30s to 40s. They're Usher fans. You're not wrong. They were they were they were of age or you know a little bit younger when Confessions came out. <laughs> so like they they understand. We about to get some heat on that stage, bro. You were my baby. Started when we were younger. You were my my boo. My Imagine he doesn't. He play will, it, bro. He will, bro. Be Let it real. burn if you've been made to feel your body. Well, won't you? Let it go. You better know. I might have sex during the halftime show. Yeah. yeah. Mm. With myself. Let it burn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what, 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 where else got? What's that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Bro, niggas forget, bro. He got some heaters. Yeah, bro. The fuck are you singing right now, bro? Yeah, 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 bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro, he could take it. To, he could take it to like if you want to do more EDM ish. Oh, 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 my God. Oh, yeah. Let me ask you a question, though. Because I was asked, I was asking people this. Music was good back then, bro. It was, oh, it was way better than it is now. Now it's trash. But, bro, I was asking my man this shit. Do you think, my, my, my friend, (laughs) Jesus fucking Christ. So, do you think if Chris Brown hadn't went through the controversy that he went through, it'd be him this year? Mm. Or next year? Hmm. Good point. Cause like Marlon said, that's a that's someone who relates to a closer audience of age. I, I I can make the argument if Usher has a very successful halftime performance, it'll be Chris I can next. make the argument that he officially surpasses Chris Brown, in mm. my opinion, when it comes to R and B legendary okay. status. Okay. I All can right. see Usher I, I, I passing like, I like Chris that Brown. Discussion. If this is an amazing successful performance, because look at the Vegas shows. Phenomenal. Yeah, and you can damn near argue that Usher has had like a flawless career. Like he doesn't have like any L's, like any, like what? What is his biggest like controversy? What's like Usher controversy? The Kiki Palmer shit? That wasn't even he didn't do nothing wrong in his in his part, right? I think the biggest thing is though the the conspiracies around him and P Diddy, and that's it. That P Diddy was sleeping with him, and that's still le- <laughs> still low key. <laughs> yeah, that's still not something that's really known in hip hop. But like, yeah, people who do know. Listen, man, if, the, if it's the case, who gives a fuck? Yeah, well, he was a he was a young boy when it happened. So that's, okay. That that was the problem. Oh, okay, that was the problem. Okay. That was because his first his first album was with Diddy, I think, in nineteen ninety four. Yeah, allegedly. I, I and then was say his and, first dick was Diddy. No, and when Usher when Usher was a kid, he moved into P Diddy's house. Mm. So that's why there's always been this like. Wait yeah, a but minute. you know how it is. I feel yeah. like it's a celebrity. Banter. And that's the only thing. It's a celebrity brand. That's the only thing that's ever like touched Usher's entire career was that Based one situation. That and Diddy. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, allegedly. Allegedly, 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 people. Hey, Usher, Usher, Don't man. sue us, please. Usher is such a goat that is crazy to me. Like, when you go down his trajectory, the songs, the hit songs that he has, and the it's hit amazing. albums, it's, 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 it's incredible. Confessions. And the then finding Justin Bieber, too, on top of everything. Bro, he's the reason behind Justin Bieber's career. He like, found a supernova randomly. Come on. Usher's a goat, bro. Justin Bieber's all right. Now, Chris Brown, I feel like. It's a generational thing mm-hmm. when it comes to R and B legends. You know, I can see where it goes. Maybe an R Kelly for the older generation, then an Usher, and in the youngest generation, we have a Chris Brown, right? 
But then they always say like a Chris versus. Brown can, I feel like Chris Brown has been able to tap into every single generation. You know what I'm saying? He's been able to keep himself. You know, like like this new generation might not know his old shit, but they definitely know his new shit. And then you know what I'm saying? Each generation he's been able to keep up with it. It's not one of those things yeah. where he relies on his old music to stay relevant. Yeah, the Young Thug collab shit. He had hits with that. You know, they had the young the, the hit with Young Thug and Gunna. But that's kind of my point as to why I feel like hit with Drake. It would yeah, it would have been him because if it wasn't for the controversy with Rihanna and then Karuchi and all that stuff, like it would be crazy to it would to, be have, crazy. to have him do it right after Rihanna did it though. No, that's insane. That's why they won't do that. But you know that's what I'm my saying? that's my point though. Oh, that's true. I didn't that's even think point. about that. But it makes if you're gonna bring out a mega R and B star right now out of all times, you gotta bring a, a, an you OG. Bring, you, you, I bring out Chris, but you oh, can't. Really? So you're gonna bring out Usher. Yeah, man. People were killing like, me. People were like, killing me in the comments because of my my take. I, oh, like I saw that. Yeah, like yeah, it was crazy. Brown, Chris Brown definitely will get the chance to do it, in my opinion. But like, I definitely don't think it's his time. That's fair. So this this is my question because we've now touched Usher level, and we've touched Rihanna level at the Super Bowl Super Bowl show. We even we have Beyonce level already. When does Drake do it? If he Drake can do the Super Bowl it. by himself, but Drake can also do the Super Bowl, a quick appearance with like a my, cash my, money and friends, yeah, Lil Wayne and that's friends. The thing. My, that's my thing, bro. If Drake were to do it, I feel like he has to bring out people because he, he's, what, he's what not is that he great performer. What, exactly. What is he going to give us? I noticed that from that what tour. What is he going to give us? He's a terrible fucking performer. What the fuck is he going to give us? That was people's biggest issue with his tour. Yeah. He doesn't perform well. So yeah. I agree with you. My thing is, you really think Nicki and Lil Wayne are going to go on stage and perform with him? Because Lil Wayne's a great performer. They would, but they also deserve like, their own individual I feel individual like, I feel like Lil Wayne probably would. I don't know about Nicki. Because obviously, like you said, they they, they both deserve their own their own Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. It'd have to be a one-time performance between like the three of them. I'm telling you. Or, that only may, way would maybe, make sense. Maybe I'll be down for a that. A Young Money a Super Bowl. That's the only way it would make sense. Be because hard. If not, what, are we going to wait 10 more years for like, Drake to the, do it? The Dr. Dre shit. And low-key, we're running out of legends. Because I'm going to be real with you, bro. What are we gonna do in like ten years? Who are we gonna put on that stage? Start putting the white people. That's what we're gonna have Taylor to do. Swift. Because you're not gonna put a future up there. You're not putting up Doug. Nah. And you're gonna have to start paying I'm people fortunate. because the thing with this one is, um, for those who don't know, it's sponsored by Apple Music. So it's Apple Music's halftime show, Usher. Um, and he also is dropping a new album the day that the Super Bowl happens. Wavy. Called Coming Home. The cover art is like a peach with his back. On his back, like his coming home, is going back to Atlanta. He's working again with L.A. Reid, who he started his career with early on. Um, not right away, because Diddy was, I think, first, but L.A. Reid was around that time as well. Um, and he said he's back in that bag or whatever, honest music. So, you know, he's using it as a marketing tactic, which is smart. People thought Rihanna was going to drop an album when the Super Bowl happened. <laughs> she didn't, didn't drop a shit. Fuck. I think she dropped a song. No, she just told she's pregnant. Before that? Or something <laughs> no, like that? She, she, dropped, yeah, she dropped a kid. She dropped a kid instead dropped of an album. Dropped a kid instead of an album. You know, so... It's gonna be interesting to see. You know, it's a it's the biggest stage in the world for the shortest amount of time. The Super Bowl, thirteen minutes. So we have thirteen minutes to perform a medley of hits in front of one of the biggest sports in America. I think the Super Bowl outviews every other major sport in this country. Not not the World Cup. That's international. Okay, you're right, but. I'm talking about sports in America. Okay. It, it outviews okay. the finals. It outviews yeah, um, yeah, the World Series. Yeah, you're right. Usher yeah. could do 13 songs, one minute each song. 
if he wanted to. If they, I don't know if anyone's ever done that. I doubt it because I, I don't remember that many songs being played. But if he wants to take it that route, route, he could do that. You know, he has he has client. We're going nowhere fast. We've reached the climax. The thing is, bro, is like I I feel like I feel like they need to like up the time for this shit, man. For the fucking. So, I want to make love in this it club. It goes by the NFL rules. In this club. Jay-Z's, Jay-Z needs to change that shit. <laughs> Yo, Jay-Z going to change it. You got it. You got it back. <laughs> I wish, bro. Bro, ain't got too many fucking heads, bro. I know. That's why they only perform like 30 seconds. You know how many people might it. try to fuck during that fucking thing, bro? At the, at, at the location? I might be one of them niggas. Daddy's home. Home for me. And I know you've been waiting for this love. Why are you biting your lips? <laughs> Nigga, I'm horny. <laughs> uh, my God. Bro. <laughs> Yo, that shit got me turned off. Yo, let me hit someone up. <laughs> <laughs> and then oh, we have see. it. Uh, Cap, Club and Bishop Podcast, episode 103. We appreciate Fuck you. I love you guys. Listen to our shit. Yeah, you don't need Viagra. You don't need that honey pack. <laughs> All you need to listen is to Usher. that Usher pack in your Daddy's ears. Daddy's home, home for me. <laughs> Super Bowl 2024, I predict the Usher halftime performance, breaking the record for the most amount of women with wet vaginas at home at the same uh, time. <laughs> oh at the same damn time. And wherever you women are going to be, listen. Wait, which camera is it? Hold up, bro. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yo, yeah. wherever the women are going to be, just let me know. I would also love to be there. <laughs> With consent. With consent. With consent. With consent. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. Real quick, here's the segment, local segment I wanted to highlight this week. Uh, a very important situation, especially if you're from Rhode Island, Providence, Rhode Island, that people should pay attention to. So we have this gentleman that's going to break it down for us in the building. Introduce yourself for the people. Yeah, so I'm Miguel Sanchez. I'm a city councilor here in Providence. I represent Ward 6, uh, which encompasses uh, neighborhoods of Manton, Mount Pleasant, a little bit of Oneyville, a little bit of Valley. Okay, nice. And um, shout out to also Noel, who made this also, this connection happen. Um, so Noel, real quick, so run down, what were you messaged about? And basically explain real quick before he gets into the whole situation of what happened. So I was messaged by um, Shelly Peterson. She's a city council person that I helped um, help manage her campaign with my friend Jason Royas. And she reached out to me because we're friends, obviously. Yeah. And she knows that I've been on this podcast before. She knows our relationship. And she said, there's something really important happening regarding um, a reagreement of a plan. Um, and this is regarding to the nonprofits and how much they're going to be paying in taxes to the city of Providence. Yeah. Um, and she sent us a breakdown that another friend of mine uh, Justin Royas made basically explaining everything, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. Okay, so Miguel, real quick, um, break this down to the people because you're definitely, you know, way way more informed than us. So, yeah, explain everything that's going on right now. Yeah, so so right now well, we're in middle of um, so the administration, so the mayor and his team, the last um, nine months or so have been negotiating with the four private institutions, uh, schools in the city of Providence. So that's Brown University, RISD. Providence College and uh, Johnston in Wales. Um, so even taking a step back, so 
nonprofit colleges like these uh, four that I just mentioned yeah. um, are federally tax exempt. So by federal laws, they don't have to pay taxes. Uh-huh. But where we see a, a big issue here in, in the city of Providence is that almost 40% of all property is tax exempt, whether it's these private schools, which those four alone have about 20% of them, uh, of the, the, the 40%, and yeah. then some of the larger hospital systems, and then, of course, churches and some of the other uh, local nonprofits. So okay. right off the bat, um, the city starts in a pretty difficult place financially in terms of uh, revenue generating. So right now we have a, a unique opportunity um, to go to negotiate with, with these four schools um, for them to, to pay their fair share. Uh, of course, we don't want them. I mean, I personally w- wouldn't mind it if they pay what they would be fully taxed. Um, but, you know, they offer other contributions, um, economic opportunities for the city of Providence. So what we want them to do is, is pay their fair share. Um, ideally, maybe like 30, 40 percent of what they would pay. Um, but we're not even close to there at this point. Wow. Okay. And so what would be some steps to, uh, you know, make this actually occur? Yeah. So, I mean, in terms of like legal leverage, like we're we're in a difficult place because they are protected federally. Um, But this is why I decided to run for office is is the community organizing, letting people know what's going on. And and the public pressure alone can do a lot. Brown University doesn't want any bad PR. PC definitely doesn't want any PR. So what we're doing is, is... Trying to inform our, our neighbors, uh, Providence residents, um, even business owners, because they have a very high commercial tax rate as, as well. When I think of like the local bodegas in, in the neighborhood, uh, the local ca- cafes, Definitely, I mean, yeah. they, they're paying a, a high tax rate. Um, and, and that's because some institutions like these don't don't pay their fair share. So what we did with this guide that we'll, we'll link here um, with, with the show is um, really break down a, a super complex to to your average person in terms of um the the whole landscape of things and inform them on in a pretty digestible way uh what is kind of flawed in our opinion with the agreement that the mayor is trying to push um with these schools um to to be a little bit more aware and and hopefully activate folks um to to care to reach out to their city councilors um to reach out to the mayor's office um to participate in in some of the the next steps that that we're going to be engaging in and is there any deadlines or any certain dates that are like significant when it comes to the situation right now? Yeah, so I mean, it's really up to the council in terms of um, when we're going to uh, push it forward okay. on, on our end. Um, so like I said, the mayor took nine months to, to pass to get to this point. And I'll be honest, they, they want us to move pretty quick on it because they have some of the money tied into uh, new staffing that they want to put through. But as counselors, we, we definitely got to do our, our due diligence. Um try to get a little bit more, try to fix some of the, the, the issues that, that we see with this current agreement. Mm-hmm. Um, but it looks like it's going to be in the council at some point in October. Okay. And this is the pilot program, Correct. right? Because that's the acronym. So I see all the time. I've seen it before. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I, I'm like, oh, it stands out, you know, interesting acronym. But then I feel like a lot of people don't understand mm-hmm. what that is. So we even break that down, that acronym PILOT, the, what, it, what it actually even means. Yeah. So PILOT means uh, payment in lieu and taxes. Um, so right now with these four schools, we're in an MOU, which is a memorandum of understanding. Um, so it's not a legal document. At the end of the day, these payments uh, technically are, are voluntary on their part. Um, but I emphasize the voluntary because they are a, a community 
partner. They want to see the city doing well. It's in their best interest for, for the city to be doing financially well. They depend on the city of Providence um, to be doing well. So it really is uh, an agreement between the city of Providence and these schools um, to come up with some sort of agreement between them and us um, in terms of financial contributions. Yeah. And do you have any uh, anything that comes to mind as like far like any quick highlights maybe from the actual guide. I'm mm-hmm. assuming that's the guide, right? You yeah, yeah. So, so, guide? so that I urge everyone just to take a look at it. Um, there's a, a few things. So it's it's really the MOU is broken down in, into in two things. So a financial cash payment, which is um, a certain amount of dollars that these schools are agreeing to pay us every year. Yeah. And then they also do a community benefit side to it as well. So the community benefit side can get super gray um, real quick mm-hmm. because what it's not defined. So they mm-hmm. can really say like, oh, a uh, police detail at X and Y corner is a community benefit. Mm-hmm. When in our opinion, it should be like, oh, a local park or, oh, they're investing in a local school in their neighborhood that, that's adjacent to the yeah, school. More so, specified. so we want to be more defined when, when it comes to, to community benefits. Yeah. Um, so just some of like the terms that, that we went over pilot is payment in lieu of taxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the MOU is, is the memorandum of understanding. So those are like the main, um, terms that, that we are explaining to people and trying to just make it more digestible to, to the common folk. That's not super, uh, in the depth with these, uh, types of agreements. Like I'm not going to lie, like as a younger city counselor, like this stuff was super confusing to me at first, trying to get it, uh, completely, uh, understandable and, and broken down. But we have good staff on the council. I'm talking to neighbors about it. Um, this is something that almost everyone wants to see that it doesn't matter where you are on, on the political spectrum when it, when it comes to taxes, like we know that these four schools um, should be giving us a lot more than they have been and what they're agreeing to do. So like I said, so there's the cash payment side to yeah. it. And then there's the, the community benefit side. Um, we of course want to see more in cash payment, but from what we're hearing, from what they've been telling us and, and kind of just conversations with the schools ourselves, they're not really budging too much on, on the cash payment. So what we want to kind of focus our, our energy on is some of the, the community benefits and some of the provisions that are in this agreement. So that's kind of where, where I personally have some of like the biggest concerns um, regarding the, the, the provisions. Yeah. Um, so, for example, and there's like six or seven things that, that we um, listed here in, in the guide mm-hmm. that are, are pretty straightforward. So the, the first one where, where I honestly have um, one, some of the biggest concerns on are um, essentially uh, a pretty much a, a gag on, on political uh, counselors right now, presently and future. So that's kind of like one of my biggest principles is like, what can I do now that helps the next generation? Because most politicians, they do what is in the best interest for them at that moment because they're worried about uh, a re-election campaign. Yeah, like, yeah. For me, I, I don't really care if I do something now and it's affecting me in a campaign down the road. Like my career in, in politics is, is very short. I'm already accepted that. That's something that I'm too good of a, a soul for, for this world. Yeah, um, yeah. But we want to, you know, make the, the political landscape atmosphere um, healthier for, for the next generation. So one of the provisions in this agreement is essentially saying for the next 20 years. So that's a, another key point that I haven't uh, pointed out is that this agreement is 20 years long. Our political council terms are, are four years. So it's really making decisions for, for future generations. Um, that's not in, in, in the best interest 
I mean, it, it, maybe it is, but there's no way to tell at, at that point. We should yeah. give the opportunity uh, to those counselors um, to decide what is in their best interest um, for their neighbors and the city as a whole at, at that time. So in this agreement, we're essentially agreeing to not asking or, or not renegotiating with the schools in that time or more importantly, going to the state legislature, so the General Assembly, the House of Representatives, and the, the Rhode Island Senate to make different changes in state law where we would be able to tax them further. Okay. And then to end it, what would be, since you are a, council, a councilman representing, mm-hmm. you know, Providence, Rhode Island, and maybe the mayor might be checking this out, Brett Smiley might be watching this, what would be your message to Brett Smiley regarding the pilot program mm-hmm. specifically, if he would be watching right now? Yeah, so, so our biggest message right now is um, that we got to go back to the, the drawing board and renegotiate this deal, um, something that's a little bit more fair to the people of Providence, where we're not doing uh, things that tie up future um, legislative bodies like councils. Um, just quickly going through it, there's um, other issues in terms of um, some of the provisions where um, it really doesn't allow for uh, counselors in the neighborhoods where these uh schools are located to have much of an input in terms of like growth. So we've seen like Brown that, that has been growing um, big time the, the past 20 years um, and taking up more land. Yeah. It's not really a, a fair agreement to that neighborhood where um, that neighborhood might want to serve um, the, the property in, in different ways that, that benefit the, the residents of Providence more. Oh, no, that's true. That makes sense. Any last words or thoughts? No, real quick. Um, so I just want to talk about this situation because I feel very passionate about this topic Mm. because, you know, when I helped, when I was doing field work for John Gonsalves on his campaign, Mm -hmm. I ran into Paxson. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I took, I didn't know it was Paxson, Mm -hmm. though Paxson is the president of Brown University. Mm -hmm. And I tell her, I say, hey, um, I'm here for John Gonsalves. He went to Brown and I'm trying to sell my pitch to why she should vote for him. And I tell her, you know, we need to make sure that Brown University does more for this community and pays their fair share. And she immediately ended the conversation, gave me back the literature and said, have a good day. And that's the reality of the situation is that institutions like Brown have bought up neighborhoods like Fox Point, mm-hmm. have gentrified those neighborhoods in those communities. The cave, the, state, the cave Verdean community can't live there anymore because they can't afford to because Brown just kept buying up the land and racking up the prices. And it's not just them. Right now in Providence College, where Shelley is, Strive has been buying up land to house students, and whether they want to say they are or not, they are colluding with Providence College, and they're working to house those students in those Strive's apartments, and it's literally systematically pushing out the people of that community. And when I was knocking on doors for her, I could see that. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing for Pedro Espinal down in Washington Park, where John Johnson Wills doesn't have that much housing down there, so they literally stack all those kids up in all those apartments, mm-hmm. and they put four or five kids, and they rack up the rent to three, four thousand dollars, and nobody can afford it. So, I'm watching my community get destroyed, and I'm watching people getting pushed out of their homes and not being able to even live. I know friends who are graduates from the University of Rhode Island, from a, universities throughout the country, and they can't afford to live in Providence. Mm-hmm. They have to live in other cities. Mm-hmm. This message and this question is for them. What can we do to fight back from these institutions that are more concerned with buying up the most expensive land in the city and doing whatever they want with it and don't give a damn about the people who lived here and lived their entire lives here? Yeah, Miguel, that, that's a good, yeah. a good idea. What, what, what can we do, like regular citizens, aside from obviously the councilman, you know, what can 
we do at all, if anything, right now? What do you think? Yes, I mean, that's a good point. I mean, not only are these, like, institutions growing and affecting the city's finances, they're they're affecting the, the quality of life, the, the affordability of the city. If they're not expanding their on-campus apartments, they start trickling into neighborhoods. Like, I don't even have a school. The closest school to me is, is Rhode Island College. And I still see Rhode Island College's uh, kids taking up apartments, yeah. obviously are not from Providence. They have different income levels, um, and, and they're jacking up the price. So that's something that I tell everyone is to, one, be, be aware of what's going on, and, and two, create a, a space for you to, to advocate. You don't have to go to council meetings. You can make your, your voice, your concerns heard to these schools directly, to some of these students even directly, because um, that, that's the biggest, like, that's like kind of like the disconnection that, that we're seeing. Um, I'm not going to... I was in a room with a few counselors and a lot of the representation from these schools. Um, one of my colleagues asked, um, we, this was like 30 minutes into the conversation. One of my colleagues asked, raise your hand if, if you live in Providence. Mm-hmm. Out of 15 representation there's from, from the, or, or people that were representing the schools, I think two people raised their hand. So at the end of the day, they're, they're doing the business on behalf of the schools that, that are based in Providence, but don't actually live in Providence or, or know how these decisions impact um, just the, the average Providence resident on a day-to-day basis. So the more they are aware, the more that, that we get involved in, in pressuring them and, and letting them know that these decisions are impacting us in, in different ways, um, hopefully that, that starts creating uh, change in, in, in their mentality or well, at the very least we'll, we'll have them pause before they make that decision and be like, if I'm going to make this decision be best on behalf of the school, how is it going to impact the rest of the Providence residents that, yeah. that live here year round, that have grown up here, that were born here? So, I mean, that's something that, that I try to tell everyone is like, you don't have to go to a city council meeting, like find your role. Like obviously here we're, we're on a podcast talking about it. Talk to your friends at your your job that isn't super politically involved in, and let them know like this affects everyone at the end of the day that that lives and works in Providence. Um, taxes are going up and if we don't fight decisions like this they're, they're unfortunately going to keep going up no 100 percent. and where's the um where can people see this guide what's the website is there a website or anything um so there's no website um so we can link it on on the yeah, channel yeah. Yeah, i, I believe it, yeah. um if, if you go to counselor royas's uh justin royas website i'll make sure he, he gets it up on there um but if you just search him up on on twitter instagram he's also uh, attached it uh, on, right, on yeah. the socials there i don't make sure to have it on my twitter as well it's a vibe on twitter can you also explain to us that meeting that's happening tomorrow mm-hmm. and why it's important to show up? Yeah, so so there's actually a, a public hearing uh, tomorrow at, at City Hall at 5.30 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is creating a, a space for residents and, and people that work and live in Providence to to come and voice their, their opinions on this agreement. So that is like the one city council like public hearing that, that we're going to have on this at this time. Um, so definitely urge everyone that that's available to to go out there. Um, if you can't make it, definitely just find out who your city councilor is. You can go on the city council website and insert your address, um, and their emails will will pop up and let them know at the very least um, some of your concerns and and thoughts on on this agreement. Most definitely, I probably won't be able to make it, um, but I definitely uh, want to keep updated for any further ones mm-hmm. for sure. Any future actual meetings, especially if I know ahead of time, to so definitely be there. Um, and to, even if I don't say nothing to at least like just experience it, I've always wanted to be a part of these meetings where people are voicing their opinion and also just to advocate for promoting it to like get a higher attendance rate because, mm. um, you know, 
this this is real. This is real shit happening. Right. So people definitely got to be out there um, sharing their opinion whenever they get the chance to. They always want to say, oh, what can I do? You know, this mm -hmm. is this is one thing you could do, at least attend one of these meetings. So there we have it. Appreciate you coming through. Um, there we have him, Miguel Sanchez, a councilman for Providence, Rhode Island. Make sure to follow him on social media. He's going to keep us updated with the situation. They going to love me for my ambition. ambition.